going, Yamitators, episode 91 with Tony Bartoloni. This was a really good one. It was a long one, and we talked about a lot. We talked about stand-up. We talked about, um, <clears throat> like, commercialism and politics and being poor and not having and having money. And uh, we were all over the map. True Detective season two. <laughs> um, you'll you'll get that in a in a bit, but it was awesome. So. Yes, Tony Bartoloni. Listen, um, facebook.com slash Yamatat with Doug Culp. Go there, check it out, like the page. If everyone he, who, who's listening to this liked the page, then people would go, what's that comedy show with all the likes over there and all the reviews, positive reviews and uh, ratings on iTunes and Stitcher? <laughs> what? Um, yeah, do, do that. Duplex Comedy Suplex was awesome. It was me and Simon Gibson and Matthew Broussard. And uh, we all had long sets and uh, it was a good time. It was fun. So keep telling people about the show. Keep spreading the word. At Duplex Comedy on Twitter and at Duplex Comedy Suplex on Instagram. My Twitter is at Dougathan, D-O-U-G-A-T-H-A-N. And the show's Twitter is at Yamatat, Y-A-M-A-T-A-T. And there's still a donate button uh, through PayPal on the website, yamatat.com. So thanks ahead of time for any of you who decide to donate. All right, yam it up with me and Tony Bartoloni. This is the makeshift air conditioner. What's in here? Got some uh, frozen bottles of water in there. So, yeah, it, it helps a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to, um, you know, this chair getting wet. It's fine. Just, yeah, it'll dry. It's going to melt into it. <laughs> yeah, man. So how Dope is mic. Use one mic. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. I've, I've done some test episodes from podcasts. Are you recording already? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah. This has been... I, I hate saying that because every fucking, like, every episode of every podcast ever, everyone's like, so, are we going to start recording? And I did it. I listen to them all the time. And here I am, being the idiot. You get it. Hey, you don't know. I could have just been doing a sound test. But. But, yeah, no, I do know is the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do know. I do know what it's like. So you did a couple tests with a yeah I did a couple tests uh, <coughs> episodes my buddy Josh and uh, Rick Wood and okay. uh, I just used my laptop yeah it works really well just yeah MacBook yeah when I started out I had this the little microphone on the swivel yeah yeah and it was pretty bad quality but it still still worked yeah it's a hot hot day yeah dude. It's a real hot day. Uh, I'm usually, I'm not used to being out during the day. Yeah? Yeah. This is great. I remember Seinfeld. I justify my life with uh, things, you know, quotes I hear from people who are successful. But uh, Seinfeld said, like, comedians hate people. Comedians come to comedians because they don't like going out during the day. Yeah. And so when they have, like, a day meeting, they're just already pissed. They're going into it with, like, the wrong mindset. Because <laughs> they have to be out during the day. Yeah. It's 
like you already lost them right there. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm glad to be here. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, Thanks man. for having me. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. How long you been doing comedy for? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I hate that question <laughs> right off the bat. I reject it. Well, there's like gray areas. Yeah, everyone's no, everyone's got the gray areas, and yeah, it's just like, you know, like I understand, especially like when like a old, more experienced comic asks you, they're sizing you up, and like, <laughs> like do I even pay this person any mind? It's kind of thing because I do it too. Like I ask people how long, and then they say a year, and I'll be like, all right, well, nice talking to you. So, <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of everyone has value and you know, fucking, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I the first good. open mic I did was over ten years ago. I was nineteen. Oh, nice. I'm gonna be thirty in one month. <laughs> so, dude, that's awesome. But um, in between there, you know, I've had various distractions, or you know, I wrote a play, and produced it, just right here yeah <laughs> right right where you live <laughs> in this room we play. Yeah. but no it was on it was on lexington it was on lexington and mccadden yeah that's close yeah it's a place yeah. called the lex actually cool what's the play about uh it was uh, pretty autobiographical but also a lot of fiction which people will never believe uh, and then like like it, when you when you write a piece of fiction yeah. and people know you, like they'll never buy that any of it is fiction. Even though, like, <laughs> like the whole story of the play is filtered through like a couple true events, okay. but none of it actually happened. Yeah, and people will be like, "Yeah, right, okay." Yeah. So, I mean, except for a couple of things. You know. <laughs> there was like the ending of the play was very true to life. Uh, it's about my stepdad moving in we're just jumping right in my dad died when i was little yeah um so <clears throat> my mom never dated until i was about 15 16 mm. which was about 10 years after my dad died yeah so we had 10 years of chaos just so i could you know i don't know how my mom she's just like when you're thrown into something you know? Yeah. Like, even if you're pregnant unexpectedly, you have nine months. Yep. Before the baby arrives. <laughs> she, uh, we had no time. Like, my dad was just there one day and gone the next. Yeah. And unexpectedly, like, he wasn't, he was sick, but he, he had chronic depression. So yeah. it was not like something you die of. Yeah. yeah. He ended up having a heart attack. Oh, man. But yep. that, and then ten years later, and then so that's what then, the play boom, is like comedy. based around. <laughs> yeah, so, I would, the tag uh, <coughs> put a comedy about drama. Uh, <laughs> you know, it took like three years for me to write it. Nice. Not that I was writing every day for three years, yeah, but yeah. you know, I'd write a piece to finally finish it. I get three stuck, years. and yeah. yeah, and then you know another year to produce it, or actually probably three years from it was probably produced. Three from beginning to end. Pen to paper. Yeah. And we had a theater company. We had started from like community college, Cerritos. All right. I'm a local boy. <laughs> local to Los Angeles. Sweet. Yeah. How long did it run for? Um, it was like, <coughs> I'd say it, like three weeks, I think. 
right. it was like our whole budget to just rent the theater <laughs> so we did, everything else was like borrowed and favored yeah you know like we took someone's couch from a garage that they were throwing away yep um and that was like our main set piece that that was a bed that was a couch that was, that was the centerpiece of the play dude when you yeah when you don't have money you gotta find a way yeah. <laughs> we put those little things like for hardwood floor so that it doesn't damage they're like little sliders. oh yeah, yeah yeah so it's really i got some just, under my desk yeah 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 so we just slide it around <laughs> it was a it was a cool play i i'm definitely proud of it probably still the most uh impressive thing i've done in my life yeah it's a huge undertaking yeah when I think of, like, doing theater, I'm like, oh, the same thing. Yeah. Over and over. <laughs> it sounds a little tiring, but I bet... And then even, even like, like <coughs> yeah... I mean, I've done theater in, like, high school and stuff. When you put on a stand-up show, it's so easy. You just book interesting people that mm -hmm. you like. Yeah. And they show up and they do their thing. When it's something more like... Like, even if you do a variety show... Mm -hmm where it's like you want to curate it more, have more control, yeah. and hold rehearsals with the people. Yeah. Like stand-ups literally show up 20 minutes after showtime, yeah. and that's <laughs> that's when the show starts, <laughs> and they, they do whatever they want. And if you, even if you ever say anything like, hey, I like this one bit, they'll give you a look like, don't fuck it. <laughs> I don't do requests, you know? <laughs> Do the thing. No. I feel like with musicians, it's more common. Like comedy yeah. music. Like every time I have Pat Regan on the show, I try to hint at. You know, I always like that uh, love song, Ding Dong. I've never heard you play it live. <laughs> I'm a big, uh, big supporter of Pat Regan. <laughs> Wait, you run a show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called? Hat Trick. Hat Trick. It's in Pasadena. Pasadena. Cool. Yeah, Monthly? Weekly? Monthly. Monthly? Uh, last... Friday of every month, except for moving into the holidays, because cool. it's like, it falls on the day before Halloween, mm. the day after Thanksgiving, Black <laughs> Friday, mm -hmm. and I think like Christmas Eve, or the day after Christmas, so yeah. maybe, oh no wait, maybe, yeah I think it's the 26th of December, <laughs> anyways, so we're pretty, doing the pretty convenient. We're, we're doing the day before Halloween. We're doing a set list. Yeah. So the idea is uh, this Halloween we're dressing up as set list. <laughs> that's how we're doing it. You're dressing up as a set list. Yeah. You know, have you done set list? I've I've seen it done yeah. a lot of times, but I think I could do it. Yeah, Improvised. Yeah. Stand up. It looks like Troy a lot Conrad, of fun. Mm -hmm. The genius. Yeah. Behind that. It's awesome. The mad scientist. <laughs> yeah. It's a great. It's one of my favorite. Definitely my favorite open mic. Yeah, that that one's at Flappers, right? The right, open mic. Yeah. yeah. The fact that they still have an open mic. It's been running for like four years. They have TV shows. Mm -hmm. Like there's a setless TV show in Australia and the UK. Two yeah. TV shows. Yeah. And like, you know, Robin Williams has done it, and Bobcat Goldthwait, Drew yep. Carey, yep. all the all these all these greats, mega stars. Yeah. yeah. And they they still have a open mic. Anyone could just come up and do it. Yep. It's kind of amazing. It's really cool. Because it's, I mean, as long as they can think up random topics, yeah. <laughs> then you got it. Well, yeah, they reuse a lot from the show. Yeah, and yeah. I think also they use the open mic as a testing ground for topics. Oh, that's so a good Troy, idea. Troy's really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. He's, uh, 
he's actually been fundamental, I think, in this like current phase of my the the only phase of my career, really, <laughs> if you want to call it a career. <laughs> it's funny. Um, <clears throat> I heard someone say, "Hey." Well, you're you're a professional to me, and I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate the compliment, but you're wrong. I'll have to quibble with you. I don't. I, I don't. won't. I won't consider like even even when it gets to that point, and it's yeah. like I'm making money off of it and everything. I still won't be like, well, I'm a professional. Right. That's, I had I had a bit that I never did. One of those bits that just stayed in my notebook of like. Uh, because a lot of clubs will stress that because comedians have a tendency to act unprofessional. Oh, yeah. Be professional. It's like the only thing I know how to be professional is you're not supposed to talk about AIDS. Like that's it. Like you're not supposed to go up to your coworker and be like, "Hey, uh, what's the difference between AIDS and HIV?" It's like, like observational AIDS jokes. That's and that's not even a joke. That's just informational. Like, no, 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 I really want to know. Well, the joke, my punchline <laughs> is uh, they should call HIV, I can't believe it's not AIDS. <laughs> uh, that's an old, that's one of the first jokes. That's a ten-year-old joke. <laughs> one of the first ones you wrote? Yeah. But the bit of, like, imagine if you went in a job interview and were like, Yo, where my weed smokers at? You know, like, what are you talking about? Be professional. Who's fucking up in here? <laughs> You bring up Lowhorn. Yo, yo, what do you do for a living? I was like, oh, well, I work at a grocery store. No, 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 it's oh. like, like the bot, the guy interviewing you. Oh, okay. It's just one guy in a room, and you're acting like you're performing. I don't know. It's a dumb thing, be professional. It's, yeah, yeah, that's true. Russell Brand, have you read his book? Uh-uh. I read his first book, and it's great. There's literally a point where he it has a car service he's supposed to only use for business purposes. Yeah. He was working for, like, a company, a TV company owned by MTV in England. Yeah. And he has this car service at his disposal, and he has... He's, he's only supposed to use it for himself for business purposes. He has one car picking up his mom and taking her to her doctor, and another car picking up heroin, like his his drug dealer, and bringing <laughs> his drug dealer over to his house. Simultaneously, like the two ends of the spectrum. For of business. For yeah, business. Yeah. But they don't give a fuck because he's making them money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's putting out the content, he's getting all the yeah. stuff out there. <laughs> That's another, like, people, I mean, I built hey, my in, whole... in a way, he was being professional by using the tools at his disposal yeah. and by not, like, driving Putting out... Putting himself in danger, yeah, 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 yeah. being an insurance <laughs> risk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a giggly dude. Yeah. I, I love you. Because when you have an audience of one... <laughs> yeah. Yep. They better be laughing. It's the, it's the best. Oh, I interrupted you. What were you saying? I don't know. It was like a tail attack on the uh, brand thing. Oh, yeah. <coughs> it's basically like like I built my whole life around not following rules because mm. it's like I was telling you on the bus. I just bought, because the bus, it was taking like 10 to 15 minutes to come and I was just in the heat. 
Yep. And I bought, I wanted to get a coffee, like an iced coffee or something. They didn't have any coffee at the little liquor I don't even know what you call it, the kiosk yeah. thing. <laughs> um, so I, I got a Rockstar, and then the bus shows up, and the guy's like, no open containers. <laughs> and I was like, what do you... I'm like already on the bus. It's like, you want me to throw this half drinking rock star on the ground? Like the trash is not close. Like, and then like, yeah, like what do I do? Uh, risk a littering fine yeah. of or risk not getting a ride on the bus or, or a bus fine of five or seventy bucks or whatever it is. I don't know. It's like you you follow one rule and you break the other. Yep. I'm used to taking the bus at night, and it's just, I mean, like. I'll, most of the time, you know, like, I'm coming back yeah. um, from shows, and it's like 2 or 3 in the morning, so they have real problems. They don't worry so much about open containers on the bus. <laughs> they, have, they have homeless people who are, like, <sighs> masturbating and fighting. And sleeping on the bus. And like, yeah, they don't care. Sleeping is, they encourage... You know, because at least then, unless it then that person, fight. yeah, then that person is like off the street and not not really in danger and yeah, I mean, well, you know, they just don't want any trouble. Yeah, it must be. It's probably the hardest, one of the hardest jobs in the world is the bus, bus driver, driver? Yeah. especially on certain routes. Yeah, and they're actually required to say when someone comes into the bus, "Whoa, whoa, whoa I don't want any trouble." Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love... By law. There's, there's a Simpsons joke, and it's like a joke I think about multiple times a day. Yeah. Uh, where Lisa's trying to take the bus to a museum, uh-huh. and there's just a sign that says, no talking to the bus driver, and then uh, she asks a question, and he just taps the sign. <laughs> Is that the one where she gets lost in Bronson, Missouri? I think so. Yeah, I think it is the same one. I think that's another little... Hey, Ma, how about some cookies? No dice. <laughs> yeah. This ain't over. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Fucking Simpsons. Bronson, Missouri. You guys, I, I don't know. It's kind of... I don't know if it's controversial to say that I like The Simpsons. Like, yeah, it, some nah. for some reason is these days. Is it? Yeah. Well, I don't... Not even I controversial. I haven't watched just, it in... People don't watch it There's anymore. more bad seasons than good ones. I still watch every episode. Yeah? And, yeah, and, like, there's... So, okay, so the whole thing with The Simpsons is people go, but but right. Dana Gould's not writing for them anymore. Right, right. But Conan's not writing for them anymore. It's like, well, yeah, but they've gotten great writers since then. Some I, don't, of the, I don't say that. Oh, I just... Yeah. My thing is, like, I just have it. Close, Chuck Klosterman, you ever read Klosterman? Hmm. He's a great writer. He writes these, like, mostly essays. Okay. Mostly an essayist. He, write, yeah. he wrote for Grantland for a while. He's written for everything. Spin. Okay. Uh, he's, I'm sure he's done, like, freelance for Rolling Stone and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, he, uh, Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. That's his, <laughs> his most popular book, I think. Anyways, he, he said... Someone asked him why... I went to a reading of his last book he put out, uh-huh. right at, Sky, at Skylight in Los Feliz. Okay. And uh, yeah. it was incredible. Like, uh, people were asking questions like he was Jesus, like he was the Messiah, <laughs> and he knew everything, or like, at least like Stephen Hawking, or... Yep. Um, 
Henry Thoreau. Something, you know, he's yeah. just the guy. And people asked everything that was going... It was, like, during the rape joke controversy. Uh, people yeah. asked him about that. Mm-hmm. This guy <laughs> said, I just heard Pearl Jam's new album, and it's so shitty. Like, it's such shit. How could one of the greatest bands have ever, you know, make all these perfect albums and then now their albums are such shit. Like, how does that happen? How does someone with such capacity for genius now make this crap? And he said, uh, well, you might want to take a look at yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, Because I don't think Pearl Jam changed so much as you changed. When you probably, when you first heard Pearl Jam, you were a teenager (laughs) and you were rebellious and so were they mm-hmm. and then now you're probably married you have kids whatever your life is now it's a dip you're a different person yeah so when you approach Pearl Jam now it's like you're coming <laughs> at it and they're still making rock and roll records like they always have yeah you know? <laughs> so it's like you is it they change or you change Simpsons I think there's a definite drop-off you know but yeah. also like I don't have a place for it in my life so much you yeah know? yeah um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know why, like, a lot of people just stopped watching after, like, season 10, 11, 12. Yeah, yeah it's when like Matt when Groening left to do Futurama. Hmm. He left as showrunner. He's still involved. Yeah. But even he said recently, <coughs> and he was very staunch on, like, the new episodes are the best episodes that we've ever done and all that stuff. And recently he's recoiled a bit and said, like, I wish the show would end. Like, he said that in a, <laughs> on a podcast. Recently? Like, uh, about a year or two ago. I because, think. I mean, Harry Shearer was going to leave the show, and then they, like, fired him. I don't know what's going on now. Right, yeah. They should end it. It's such a cash cow. Yeah, they, they could. David Bowie won. Mickey Mouse has become a cow. That's <laughs> true. Mickey Mouse has become a cow. Yeah, good. it's a funny line. That's <laughs> uh, I like. That's uh, what I like. Outside influences mm-hmm. in comedy. Yeah, not so much just like like me and Mr. Goodnight. I mean, you know Mr. Goodnight, I'm sure. Is that a you don't know Mr. Goodnight? Uh-uh. Oh my God, book him on your show. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> he was a finalist for an Andy Kaufman Award. Oh, um, cool. He's really great. And that's stage name, Mr. Goodnight? Um, no, birth name. He's, no, I don't, he, you, you have to ask him if you really want to, but I would advise Legal name, it. legal name, first name, Mr. I just, ex- it's like, um, you know, you, uh, you're just gonna, you just go with him, you know? It's much, much more fun to go with him than try to be like, hey, what, what's the deal? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. What's... Is it your real voice? Or whatever. Yeah, it is. It's his real voice because he uses it all the time. He's in character 24-7. He's coffining the world. He's huh? He's coffining the world. He's coffining the world. By the way, I I often... Kaufman is someone I think about a lot. You've seen that thing where he might be alive, right? Oh, yeah, the be- at the Kaufman Awards. I believe it. I don't it. believe it. No? No. We have a great, and the goes right along with The Simpsons, we have a fucking disease in this country, I don't know if it's just our country, that's all I can speak for, we will not, maybe a generational thing, we will not let shit die, and it's a problem, because everything dies, Yeah. Yeah. you know, 
<laughs> and you know, like, I mean, depending on what your philosophy is, death, death is a, can be a transformation and not, yeah. a, not an end, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever ends, but shit definitely dies, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, if, if Mitch Hurwitz would have had another hit show, Arrested Development would have never came back. Yeah. But he had a bunch of failed shows. <laughs> so we got another another failed show, the Redux of Arrested Development, the fucking whatever. I liked it. I didn't like no it. No one at all. liked it. I can't I, I can't I stopped watching it. I got like maybe five or six and I mean I think I think a lot of what people didn't like about it is A Lindsay's plastic surgery. Like, I think that distracted... I, mean, I honestly I think didn't distracted. even notice. Yeah, like, I, I don't... I guess I, I just don't, like, think of think that way. Like, a lot it's of like people... That thing. distracted a lot of people, and I was like, it's still the... I, I mean, wasn't... I didn't... That <laughs> didn't play a factor at all. I, I... Dude, I loved all the cameos. There were so many cameos. Yeah. But then also, um... The, because the way the show ended when it did, and then it was, so much time had passed, then yeah. I was like... Well, yeah, they're off doing their own thing now, so right, you yeah, have to like yeah. kind of catch up with each. Well, the way they shot it was because <coughs> of everyone on the show doing other stuff, being busy, and consequently, yeah, budgetary reasons and scheduling yeah. reasons. Yeah. So they had to shoot it that way, but I heard that he's recutting season four. Oh yeah, I'd be interested to see that. <laughs> That'd be insane. Like, yeah. wait, I already watched this, like but now it's from different it angles? In a, in a more linear, I think. <laughs> I think right? so. Instead of a, a less segmented. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard. I think from interviews of her, Mitch Hurwitz, I think he thinks uh, uh, that that was the problem, was the way they, the different format. You know? It threw a lot of people. A lot of people were like, I don't... I, I, Honestly, I'll tell you the experience I had too. Kay. Was we did a screening. We did. We we're screening in my friend's backyard. We yeah. used to do these secret screenings, mm-hmm. and um, we watched like our favorite, like maybe like six to ten of our favorite episodes from yeah. the first three seasons. And when that, when the new episode dropped at midnight, we started playing it. The first episodes we watch everyone's laughing at every joke's hitting mm-hmm. it's crushing the show is crushing yeah, yeah yeah right the new season starts every joke it's like eh. and then about five jokes into the show people started walking like <laughs> oh, walking no. away and like <laughs> yeah it's just not as good There's, you know you can't you can't even if they did it exactly the same it's like it's like it's, lightning in a bottle. It's it hard coming back. Gone. It's, it's hard coming back. Like, yeah. if the um, Nathan Fillion to this day has said that he would come back and like do Firefly again in a heartbeat, but it would be really hard to just be like, here it is again. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone would be like, wait, oh, what? Yeah. Oh. And like, I'm trying to think of shows that have done. I mean, the Curb thing they did with the Seinfeld reunion. I haven't that seen that. That shit's great <laughs> because they didn't do the Seinfeld reunion. It's about not doing it, yeah. <laughs> and it's still Curb. It's not Seinfeld. Yeah. But there's Seinfeld in it. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> like I like crossover episodes, but not. Yeah, bringing they shouldn't bring shit back. Just do new. It's like can you if Just the Beatles yeah. fucking. There's so much new content now too. Or like, that, or like, like Led Zeppelin, with the without. John Paul Jones and for some reason John Paul Jones is still alive they just don't call him <laughs> <laughs> like they don't care about him 
<laughs> like Paige and Plant. That shit's bullshit. <laughs> I don't know if I lost you. No. Dude, you know who like, uh, still really good? We're, we're nerding out on Arrested Development, <laughs> getting into all this detail. I'm like, did I lose you on Led Zeppelin? <laughs> you guys heard of a little Ben? You know who's Sorry. still really good is Rush. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, they never change. I, or, I saw them play 2011, and it was fucking amazing. I mean, the Rolling Stones are still really great, um, They but they never ended, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Rush did. I mean, they, they had a hiatus yeah. point, but yeah, they got back but together. Still, like, they're, they're not like... They didn't even make a new album, did they? Yeah, they've oh, had a, they? Yeah, they, oh, they had one in 2012, Clockwork Angels. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because at the big, show... I, I mean, I, li- I listened to them when yeah. I was into, like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to insult <laughs> music. Or, but when I was in... Like, back when I was into kids bop, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> back when I listened to Radio Disney. <laughs> <laughs> would hear some rush and I hate it. No, no. No, when I was into classic rock in high school, there were definitely a band that, like, impressed me. Yeah. Um, And I I got into them around, like, 2005, 6, 7, around there. And, um, yeah. I think I had a later album, in fact. Yeah. Definitely. Like, one that had come out in my life and, you know, Mm -hmm. around that time or something. No, yeah. you know what? It was uh, covers. It came out a few years ago. Oh, a bunch of bands did Rush covers? No, Rush did a bunch of covers of other bands. Oh. The one I remember is 7 and 7. 7 and 7 is Kay. the love song. Oh, it's no. a great song. Mm-hmm. Love is an underrated band. Love? Yeah, the band oh. Love. I thought you were saying it's a love song as in... No, 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 no. <laughs> the band Love. Oh, God. Language. That's probably right. why they did it. To confuse people. No. Nah, the band... <laughs> Love yeah. I mean, they're all fucking on acid. <laughs> That's why they called it love. <laughs> yeah. When I when I used to do um, music, I changed my band name a couple times because first it was just me, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't want to be like, hi, I'm Doug Culp. <laughs> so I just yeah. made it a band name because I was like, the Mountain Goats is just one guy. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. John <laughs> yeah. I they by the way, one of the great concerts so, I've ever been to. So Have good. You see, you've seen them? Seen them twice. Did yeah. you see them at the Masonic Lodge? No, I saw here. them once at FYF Fest in oh. two thousand ten. And then once at um, this small place called the Irenic in mm. San Diego. It's a church and they I like, love watching shows in San Diego. I just saw Weezer at Del Mar. Yeah, San Diego's a good music town. And, uh, yeah, in L.A., the crowds... Like, I saw... I, I just saw Jesus and Mary Jane at the Fonda in L.A., Hollywood. And then I saw Weezer and Del Mar, and the experience could not be more different. And Jesus and Mary Jane were great. It was just, like, they were fucking... They might as well have been playing against the wall instead of an audience, uh, you know? yeah. It was just, like... Fuck, man. Not you a guys, lot of like, reactions. Smile once or <laughs> Dude, uh, every move. time I see RX Bandits, every yeah. time I see them, I go nuts because they're so good. They're, I'm sure, and those fans are fucking, those aren't like, well, let's see what Jesus and Mary Chain are up to. That's, <laughs> honey? RX Bandits like fans are like, Jesus and Mary Chain? we're going to yeah. go fucking see RX yeah, Bandits. We're going to fucking, 
I don't care if we're gonna I thrash. go to work in a wheelchair tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fucking... Yeah, those are fans. Dude, I've come back, uh, gone into work the next day from Rx Bandit's shows with whiplash from just dancing so hard, and I'm like, fucking worth it. Uh, uh, at the Weezer <laughs> show, the Weezer show, I went in the pit, uh, and I did one song in the pit, and I almost, like, died, like, asphyxiated, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I saw the band, I could separate my life into the Iggy Pop The band, show. the band. No, no, no. no oh, okay. It's, uh, Iggy and the Stooges <laughs> okay. recently. Yeah. But they brought it back. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're still, but they're still, they're playing, I don't know, they're playing. Theaters punk. and, oh, yeah. And they, they put out a new album that was. I saw when they were on Colbert yeah. before he ended. Yeah. That's pretty cool. They're great. Yeah. I mean, like, it was an experience more than, like, it wasn't like, like, oh, it sounded just like it was on the album. <laughs> it's like, oh, they It was more it. like, holy shit, it's yeah. Iggy and the Stooges. <laughs> right, yeah, it was like, I w- I'm going to die. That's what it... My shoe got torn off. Like, my shoe literally got torn off my foot. Not, like, pulled off, like a shoe was supposed to come. Torn to pieces off my foot. What? How? Like, this was in the pit? repeatedly being stepped on and... I mean, there's probably someone, there's people, like, crawling on the ground. The whole thing was it. I mean, like, all anyone who was over 30 was upstairs or in the back. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. I, I imagine. Mean, I, when I saw the Buzzcocks was like that, too, but yeah. I was a little younger, and I, I uh, I, I Yeah, man. I was able to hang. My first show was when I was 12. I saw the Aquabats play. Oh, man. I didn't, I sound like Blue <coughs> I was 17, yeah. I saw the Stones, Cool. and it was, I remember my uncle told me, my uncles took me, uh, and they said, just know that none of your concert is this good, you know? <laughs> like, don't expect all concerts to be good, although, I, I think I've been pretty lucky with, uh, you know, the Jesus and Mary chain, um, I don't I don't think through fault of their own, Cause I've, uh, it's like an LA crowd thing, but, uh-huh hurts them but they were great like, yeah if i would have been sitting in a chair and listening i'm like <laughs> i wanted to dance you know yeah anyway like jesus and mary chain motorhead was an experience like but it was they were they weren't particularly great uh <laughs> they were taking it easy yeah I'm were they to... taking a slow ride no <laughs> you just made a reference uh, that i didn't What'd you say? <laughs> I said, were they taking a slow ride? Were they taking it easy? Oh, That's yeah. Motorhead, right? That's Foghat. Shit! Sorry. So Sorry, everyone. That just no, showed you that I don't know. Motorhead's uh, <laughs> Eat the Rich. Eat the I Rich. I just changed my profile pic. It was, it was Actually, it was my shirt. This picture on my shirt is Bob Dylan holding up uh, uh, poster board cards. Yeah. Like, poster cards and uh, like cue cards. My shirt says look out, but I had, I photoshopped it. I had one up there that said fuck the police for a long time. Yeah. But the recent one said eat the rich, which <laughs> is a Motorhead song. Okay, cool. Yeah. And apparently, uh, it's like, uh, I don't know, a rapper. There's a rap song that's similar. <laughs> Tupac, I think. I don't know much about rap. Eat the rich. I don't mean to be condescending. I like rap. I just, I haven't gotten into it. Yeah. The only rap I know is Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah. Me too. Childish, oh, I know white rap. Childish Gambino. And... 
Um, I'm forgetting the I one. Eminem, just because he penetrated, like, pop culture when I was in high school. Yeah, I know of Eminem. I don't... The only thing I know is, like, the music, the moment. <laughs> and That's, then... Yeah. You don't know Slim Shady? Oh, yeah. I'm well, the, the real, real Slady. Well, the real Shady. Slim Shady. Please stand up. We used to... That oh, you other like, Slim Shadies are just imitating. Those... See, those... <laughs> but those albums... Those were, like, the first comedy albums I heard, really. I think. That's how I look at it. I mean, like, I was influenced by, like, that... He, he wasn't taking the, himself seriously, that's for sure. Oh, no, yeah. He was just, like... That's what... Going back to the Andy Kaufman thing. Yeah. Like, I think Kanye... The two closest... Jesus, Jesus. Uh, is that Kanye? No, wait, shit. I think it is, yeah, yeah. Easy? Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. I'm pretty, I'm like a 90% sure you're, we're like two white guys talking about rap. Like, we have no idea what we're, but I think Kanye, as a pop culture figure, I think the closest thing we've gotten to Andy Kaufman in our lifetime is uh, Donald Trump and Kanye West. Wow, dude, Donald Trump, fuck. I yeah. hate to even bring him up. I went on a Twitter. It's weird. It's weird, but also I just rewatched Idiocracy, so I get it. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's totally just. I mean, the dude's a fucking artist. He's a performance artist. Why should we elect you? Because I'm what plants crave. <laughs> yeah. I am made I of Brando. It it's not. It's not. It's Mike Judge's weakest movie, in my opinion. <laughs> Good. I mean, that speaks more to his other bo- movies being brilliant. But <laughs> Have you seen Extract? I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's underrated, for sure. Dude, I'm loving Silicon Valley. Oh, Silicon Valley. Oh. Although the last season, there were like a couple weak episodes of like like the third. Of, the one where Alice Wetterlin uh, showed up, which I hate to say because she's great and I love her. Yeah, she's amazing. And I'm the, she'll do my show eventually. She's busy. <laughs> Uh, I've been, I mean, I've been emailing with her, yeah. but, uh, she's, yeah, she's, she's one of my favorite comics to watch. Yeah, like, she's awesome. She does this bit, uh, and I'm gonna butcher it, um, just go see her, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she does a bitch, a, a bitch, she does a bitch when, uh, when, <laughs> when I get real sexist, when female comics do a bit, I call it a bitch. She does a bitch. Controversy started. <laughs> like that would be the best case scenario. The controversy is more like nobody will ever notice or listen. <laughs> oh, I've got like seventeen or eighteen listeners. That's cool, man. That's, that's how many Twitter followers I have. Yeah, <laughs> I have some listeners in Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. Nope. How's it going down there? Notable. How's it going down under? Yeah, down man, under. You, just, you lost all of them. Nope. No, no, no. They're it's gone. endearing. It's endearing. Okay. <laughs> Tell yourself whatever story you need. <laughs> um, so she has a bit. Yeah. It's about country music and how it's like so, like just describing stuff. Mm-hmm. And she she talks about this song called Dirt and it's just describing what dirt is. <laughs> And she says she thinks that country singers are aliens, like a Men in Black scenario. And they're just discovering dirt for the first time, so they write a song about it. And they think that's like they're trying to fit in. That's the essence of the bit. Go see it live for the punches. It's awesome. 
Yeah, she's great though. Yeah. But unfortunately, when she showed up on the show, that's the same where <laughs> weekend of it. But Did there I, were a couple week episodes, and they they picked it up. With like, I think there were two extra episodes. Mm-hmm. Like the first season was like six episodes, and the second was eight. Oh, okay, okay. And it was like if they would have not had those extra two episodes, it would have been perfect again. I uh, I loved how. Because season finale for the first episode was like, oh, yeah. 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 And, and then, then the first or second season starts and you're like, oh, they no. They just beat the shit out of her. <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard. I heard they like, they started writing. They were like, let's have them be successful for a little bit. Give yeah. people a treat. And then they're That's like, this fun. isn't, then they're like, this isn't funny. This isn't funny. We have no comedy. We, there's nothing funny about success. <laughs> That's it's so, a, it's so that's funny. A, I hope people quote me on that. There's it's nothing funny about, about success. That's, I mean, it's kind of true. Uh, but that's so funny because, like, as as a viewer, I, when they finally hit the success again, mm-hmm. second season, I was no, like, yeah. I was like, yes! It's like, they it's overcame like, um, it! It's fun. Californication <coughs> is the, the template that I think about. Oh, yeah. Where at the end of every season, he gets he gets her back or whatever gets his shit together <laughs> yeah. and then by the by the next season he like the first episode is just him fucking it up beyond all belief yeah. and then him being living in that fuck up until he's able to get his shit together and it's the same with Eastbound and Down it's the same yeah thing. yeah yeah it works And but yeah it's great it's so great uh, Kurt Vonnegut there's this little YouTube clip of this so look it up educate yourself you ingrates you fucking kid but it's this YouTube clip of Vonnegut saying there are like three different stories you can tell Yeah. one of them Cinderella (laughs) the way he sets up Cinderella is like you could tell this story anyone who ever tells it gets a million dollars so feel free to tell it yourself and it and you know he just he's just showing like story arcs yeah and basically like you take someone who's really great he's a great person (laughs) and then you just beat the shit out of them Mm -hmm. um putting in my own words yeah and then they are successful at the end and that's the form that's the formula for people love underdog stories there's there's that one uh there's the drama where they'll just die or everyone dies Yeah. And then there's the one where you're like, I don't know what category to put it in, right? Well, yeah, there's, I mean, <laughs> the thing you get into is, like, uh, for me, it's always art. Are you making art or entertainment? Yeah. And my answer would be uh, both, mm-hmm. clearly. <laughs> Have you seen me and you, me and you and everyone we know? Have you seen that movie? My, one of my favorites. I love Miranda July. That's I think good. she's... She's not taken as seriously as she should be as a yeah. filmmaker. What was that app she came out with? Oh, Do you I remember that? No, no, no. <laughs> she came out with an app in the last, like, year, I think. She's, and She's a genius. And it was basically, like, it would work off of other people who had the app, and if you needed to get a message to someone, <laughs> if you were, like, across the United States, then you would send a message to someone who was close to the person that you wanted to get the message to, and then they would come and, like, tell oh, you. Oh, that's, yeah, that's very Miranda July. <laughs> I think it's called Someone. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there was a really long, like, seven and a half, eight-minute commercial for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's like a little film 
to promote right, to right, promote right. her what, quirky every, app. That's everything awesome. Everything she does is a little film. She started like she started making art videos. Like that was her thing. Yeah. So like even like like she did an art show. Like she did. She's done a ton of art shows. I remember like she, her the thing she said is when she made her movie. She's like most people when they make a movie, they're anxious to make another movie. Yeah. And I was anxious to do like everything else. Like I had all these other ideas. <laughs> Yeah. She's written books. Uh, I like my friend said uh, we were listening to interview with her about this book she made on um, uh, not Craigslist, the Penny Saver. She would go. <laughs> she would look at ads in the Penny Saver of people like giving stuff away, and then she'd go and interview them and meet them. Oh. And uh, my friend said she's an archaeologist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she is. She's studying. She's an archaeologist she's an slash. Art- Archaeologist? Five it. (laughs) Hashtag dumb shit. Hashtag midnight. (laughs) Archaeologist. Can I be on Comedy Central now? (laughs) Chris Hardwick? She's an archaeologist and a sociologist. Yeah. Seeing how people will react to certain things. Dude, back and forth forever. Me and my friends lost our shit. Yeah, that, that shit. If you guys haven't about, seen, yeah, yeah, if you guys haven't seen See it, just look it up. Just look it up. Back it was and forth in a forever. documentary about sexuality in film that I watched. Okay. Um, IFC did these documentaries. There's one 70s, uh, a decade under the influence. Uh-huh. And then I think they tried to capitalize on the success and make another one that was about sex in film. It's yeah. similar. Um, a sister documentary. And those were in the 70s, you said? No, they were. They were you know, in or the, recent. I think in the two thousands. Oh, okay. Um, early two thousands. Yeah, I but, got. I, but they talk about that. Yeah. Because it's such a <laughs> controversial. It's an older woman and a kid <laughs> chatting on the, like he's like four years old. Yeah. Like he doesn't even know how to type. He's like and she's, copy and, and she's pasting. like thirty five. Yeah. And she's like thirty five. Yeah. Macaroni. <laughs> if there's any women out there, one time on OK Cupid, this woman said she liked Miranda July. And yeah. um, and I remember like I, I typed yeah. her a message like I love Miranda July and like have you seen that have you seen her new movie and blah 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 and then I sent it and then I went fuck because all I had to put was macaroni, macaroni. yep <laughs> anyway okay keep it the stupidest thing we've ever invented in the world yeah yeah it's, it's but also like it's weird uh, you know good for some people I guess yeah. Some people have met that. some people have met their others on 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 OkCupid okay or plenty of fishes. You hear the stories, but I've <laughs> not my experience. Not my American. Let's not, make this country. Not in this economy. <laughs> not in the In this economy? I, I think really that was do. Brett Gelman's special one time. Oh, in yeah. this economy and there's a giant like been, fifty I'm cent pretty, piece behind him. I saw the show <laughs> married and I've seen him live a couple times, but I'm pretty unfamiliar with Oh, um, oh wait, not Brad Gelman. Who am I thinking of? I'm sorry. Um, Gary Goleman? Oh, yeah. That sounds more... Yeah, I think that's right. Wow. Gelman Goleman. Sorry. Very, it's a... <laughs> well, yeah, it's a very Jewish <laughs> phrase. In this economy? In this economy? Uh, but yeah, I... Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> the reason... One of the reasons okay, keep it is like... I have this uh, complex of... Like, I'm very poor. Like, it's ridiculous. Same here, yeah. But, like, like I don't even have a home. I mean, I'm, uh. 
Yeah. I'm borderline homeless. I'm Flo- not floating a little bit. I don't want to say anything because of certain things, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, like I I live. I, mean, I don't have a car. I, I ride the bus. I yeah. I have three bills in a month, and it's like I have a dentist bill, which is unfortunate. Phone and phone. Phone yeah. forty bucks. You need. The minimum payment on the dentist thing is, I think, forty bucks. Yeah. Phone forty bucks, and uh, bus pass hundred bucks a month. Yeah. And I make the shows I do. I do a hundred fifty. I mean, usually three shows a month. Yeah. Fifty bucks a show. It's one fifty. So that's bus pass. <laughs> you cover all your bills with three shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how I keep the low. I was just reading about, um, actually, <coughs> give you a big statement about how I live my life, but, but like Henry, Henry David Thoreau. Yeah. He. On Walden Pond? That's yeah. That's him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. took off to the woods. Right. Lived got in the woods cabin. for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Got arrested. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm about to talk about. Because what happened... <laughs> Again, like I you were use, in a cabin use, in the woods. I use these quotes. This is like a legend that probably didn't even really happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah. a story. Yeah. But um, but so is the Godfather. Uh, <laughs> um, Based on a true story. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I love because we again going back to the Mr. Goodnight thing. We're we're influenced a lot by wrestling, mm-hmm. pro wrestling. Yeah. Like his persona, if you watch him. Is he's a wrestler. Like he does his own intro when he comes up. He goes, the the man of the hour, the tower of power, too sweet to be sour. He's doing like a Ric Flair. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a wrestling thing. Anyways, uh, I'm very influenced like that. I think about my intro when I'm coming to the stage, but like hardly, there's hardly ever the yeah uh, venue for it or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, people say that's fake, but I'm like, so is everything on television. <laughs> If anything, it's more real than most shit on, like, you, you know The Simpsons is fake, and you know... It's like, it's like, uh, the Ron Sopranos Funches, is fake, all that shit. It's like Ron Funch's bit about yeah. wrestling, where he's talking about, he's like, Oh, you mean that thing with all the pageantry? And all the, the yeah. unitards? You tell me that ain't on the up and up? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. It's like... Like, um... The Undertaker? Oh, yeah, he's like... And, uh... Shit, he says, like... And Ric Flair can't can't kill the Undertaker because he ain't got no blood. <laughs> you tell me that ain't on the up and up? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, there's a... Did you see They Came Together? Yes. Oh, my God, it's a beautiful movie. Uh, it, well, this me, guy got to pull up his ass or what? <laughs> it's such a great... Watch it's on Netflix. Watch it. Everyone <laughs> turn this off and watch it. It's so if you like if, yeah, if you like what, Hot so American good. Summer, if you like oh, yeah. the uh, In my opinion the better, comedy of David Wayne. Better. David Wayne it's and Michael Maybe Lock. his best movie. Michael Show Walter, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I mean I love I love role models and I love uh, mm. I mean the Baxter, which is a show Walter, not a David Wayne, but it's the same. The Baxter? Group. Yeah, I love that movie. I haven't it's seen like it. a romantic comedy. Okay. What else the anyways. But yeah, they mm-hmm. came together. I'm a sucker for romantic comedies, and this is a pair. It's like the best parody on romantic comedies ever. 
but there's that that scene where he's like, you like fiction books? Yes! But the scene with Ed Helms where he doesn't like fiction yeah, books, yeah, he's yeah. like, uh, I asked my teacher, we had to read a fiction book in high school, and I asked my teacher, did that stuff really happen? She and said, she said no. no. And I was like, but why did they write it down? <laughs> like, but it's that ridiculous when people say wrestling isn't fake. I mean, or wrestling isn't real. It's like, no shit, but it's more real in the sense that it's art and it's ref- reflecting and refracting yeah. reality. Anyway. I love it when he's, when, uh, he's like, oh yeah, I'm divorced. You'll have to ask my ex or my brother about that. Yeah, and then there's a pause. Is he here? Can I ask him? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What happened? I don't know what you have to ask my brother. Is he here? Can I ask him? Oh, yeah. so, you know, it just wasn't working out. They wanted different things. And that's David White. The condom bowl. <laughs> the condom bowl in his office. And then Michael Ian Black, uh, he's like, uh, I'm going to go over to your, to oh, your, to see your girlfriend later. See ya. And he takes, he takes like, the open condom, puts, condom, on, puts on, his on his finger. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay. And he goes, that guy was totally going to bang your girlfriend. Yeah, in retrospect. <laughs> it's, it's great, it's great. We got off on a tangent. Henry David Thoreau. Right. Right. Got arrested. He basically, when he got arrested, he basically invented civil disobedience, mm. influenced Gandhi, influenced Martin Luther King, um, civil disobedience. And so what he got arrested is the tax man. He, he uh, went out to get some groceries or something, ran into the tax man. It's like Robin Hood scenario where it's yeah. like sheriff of Nottingham <laughs> and he's just, you, you know, give me your taxes, you know, give me your money. So he had some back taxes or whatever. He's like, so you're going to pay those? And he's like, no. And then that guy was also an arresting officer. Uh, the tax man could arrest you. So he just took him and put him in jail. Um, and the reason he he wanted... It was like um, he didn't agree with the Spanish-American War. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he believed like um, a... a, a is like a society where not everyone is free, nobody is free. Yeah. Uh, uh, the best government is one that gover- governs the least, you know. Yeah. Like these kinds of ideals. And then when it's faced with, oh yeah, but you're going to put your money where your mouth is? And he did. He said, I'm not paying those. Although when you come to me, I'm like such a cheapskate, or I'm, I'm really poor and broke as fuck. Uh, I would say, yeah, no, I'm not paying. I mean, I haven't paid taxes in a few years, uh, Jesus. Here's some evidence for my eventual eminent audit. Some audio evidence. Anyways, he gets arrested. He's in jail. Ralph Walder, Ralph Waldo Emerson. They were really good friends. He was like 14 years older than him. Okay. So it's kind of a mentor mentee yeah, yeah. situation. Although Thoreau kind of, I think, uh, really just kind of resented that. Like, he didn't see him as a mentor. He saw him as a, as a peer. Oh, okay. And then, uh, it actually, I think it wore on their friendship. But the cabin he was living on was on uh, Emerson's land, because Emerson was rich as fuck. Uh, so he lived there legally because Emerson Was like, it's cool. Land. Yeah, you can stay in the cabin. Well, he built the cabin, I oh. think, on the land. <laughs> so it was just like he could use his property. Okay. Which is how I live. I live in an unfinished cabin that was built on a machine pallet. But the the twist is it's not in the woods, it's in industrial LA. 
It's in the fictional city of Vinci from season two of True Detective. That's where I live. I live in Vinci. There's not even a lock on my door. Come at me. Someone steal my shit. I don't give a... You don't know where I live. No one knows where I live. I live in a void. I don't exist. He's not even here right now. Thoreau, Thoreau gets arrested. He's thrown in jail. Ralph Walder Emerson is this rich... You know, he's got fucking a reputation. He's yeah, got, yeah, yeah. He's so embarrassed and so ashamed that someone who he considers his brother, you know. Yeah. And also someone who he feels like he taught a lot. Yeah. And he's a little arrogant. Mm-hmm. Also, he didn't. He he was always hard on him about his writing. That Did his he writing bail him out? Good. No one knows what happened there. What? Someone paid his taxes. I guess you could assume <laughs> um, what happened, but. He goes into jail, though, and here's the... He says, uh, you know, he's ashamed, and he's behind bars, and he's a free man. Yeah. He's behind bars with uh, with his poverty, and he's a free man with all his money. Yeah. And he just says... It's like, fuck, dude. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> fuck, dude. Like, how can you be in there? Why are you in there? And he said... How can you be out there? You know? Why why are you out there? But that's that's like the key statement to how I live my life. Everyone I feel like that I have the this world complex. is the prison. Well I mean I'm not in prison, haven't hasn't happened yet, but hopefully it won't. But you know, like I don't Wait, wh- don't, whose whose point of view are you taking? Thoreau's? Thoreau, or? for okay. sure, yeah. It's like everyone's telling me, like the world just this collective voice of like you're crazy how are you how how do you live like that without money basically i mean as much as possible without 150 bucks a month or yeah, whatever yeah plus a dentist bill where i won't go into how i make that money that's it that's it. i don't know why i want to be this late like like mysterious i'll pick up like a video editing gig or like you know when i save money or i'll pick up Little or a mis- gig. mystery gig. Or a mystery gig. I don't... See, I'm not a criminal. Like, I don't do any criminal activities. I'm a... I'm too scared to do criminal That activities. wasn't implied. I just, just mystery. Taxes. Mystery was like, hey, you don't know how I'm getting my money. Anyway, yeah. I make ends meet, you know? I, yeah. I make it happen. But yeah, I feel like the whole world is always like, you know, how are you living like this? And yeah, I'm yeah. like... How are you guys living like this with, like, in your air-conditioned houses with a couch and cable television? You know, like, yeah, and yeah, yeah. how how are you so sedated and not <laughs> in the shit of life? You know, yep. you know. You're a cog in the machine. Wake man. up! It's like I know I hate saying it because it's like people just equate it with that fucking. Wake up, sheeple! Wake up, Nine Eleven was an inside job. Are you guys in the zeitgeist or not? I guess not. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. 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 Aliens? You know, I mean, I don't... I think there's aliens. I'm not... I don't know. That's... I'm agnostic about everything. You know? I really touched on a religion, but... I I mean, like, I'm so solid... I'm solid cystic. Like, I, I don't know that this is... I don't know that you exist. All I know that what happens in my brain, like this, could all be an invention of my own design. The entire universe could be a hallucination. I mean, the Matrix thing, you know. Yeah. That could. That's a possibility. It's it's possible that we are living 
in a universe that's being controlled by someone else. Do you well, watch Rick and Morty? I haven't. <laughs> it's so I, good. I watched the first one. <laughs> if the first one was better, I'd be watching it. If the first season was better? The first, or the very first episode. Episode. But I heard, you know, it's, I mean, it was definitely, like... <sighs> it's it so self-aware, it it's so bad. good. It was not bad. It's I, so... I just yeah. haven't got around to watching it. There's yeah. so much shit. Yeah, there's so and much I, I good. I hate it when people give me shit. I just watched, uh, you know what I watched that was so good? I watched last night. I watched two movies last night. Sometimes I'll watch, like, up to upwards of four movies a day. Yeah. That's not true. Mm-hmm. I'll watch, like, one or two movies a day yeah. uh, a lot of times when I can. Um, God. Uh, anyway, uh, I watched the Call Me Lucky. It's the yeah, Barry yeah, yeah. Crimmins uh, um, documentary Bobcat, that Bob, Bobcat's Bobcat cool. Goldthwait made. Yeah. Oh, it's, I think it might be incredible. top three movies I've seen this year. Yeah. Which, it's not a great movie year, I don't think, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But, like, yeah, it's like End of the Tour, uh, the David Foster Wallace movie. I mean, I seen that. straight out of Compton's yeah? Yeah. I want to see it. Um, the last movie I saw was American Ultra. Oh, how was that? It was so fun. I want to see it's it. Yeah, it's so looks cool. Fun. It's people, so. People like, hate the. People. Uh, what's like, his name? Landis. Uh, Max, yeah, Landis. Max Landis. People hit get up about that guy. People, yeah, yeah and they're, for no reason. It's like. Well, it's he, like, he, he's a pompous ass, but. Uh, I mean, as far as I know, I don't know him. But. He's, he's got so many ideas rattling around in his yeah. head that. But I really want to see it. It looked like oh, a ton of fun. Oh, dude, it's I so will see cool. It, it's so cool. There were a lot of cool movies. They were not, like, masterpieces. Like, I said, the other movie I watched was Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Okay. Which was really good, but it's just, like, not... And, like, like Dope, the movie Dope. Uh-uh. uh-uh. It's, like, it's, like, an essential voice, and it's it's refreshing, but it's not a great movie. Yeah. But it's... It, <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's the same with Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> Straight Out Compton, they could have made a masterpiece out of the thing, but instead they made this really cool mess of a movie. Mm. I don't know which is better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes I'll, I mean, I don't like perfect movies. I used to not watch movies from the 70s. Like, I would never watch Scorsese, Kubrick. Kubrick, I watched a little bit, but it was just, <laughs> there's like this sterility to a masterpiece, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when you create something that's so close to perfection, Coen Brothers have it sometimes. Mm-hmm. When you create something that's so close to perfection, there's a distance from me because it 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 exists on its own apart yeah. from me. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. When there's like a hole in a movie, like people talk about plot holes, that's the space where I sit. You know, in that movie, I I fill in that hole. You know what I mean? Again with the solipsism. But you know what I mean? Like there has to be a place for the audience. Like I could, I could appreciate those things. Like, like I watched The Godfather for the first time. I still haven't seen it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, look. Thirty-one years old. Still haven't seen it. Yeah, I made it to twenty-nine and a half. <laughs> I watched it on my way home from Seattle. Yeah. Took the Greyhound. It was a uh, twenty-nine hours. Ooh-wee. Just finished the movie. It was just enough time <laughs> to watch The Godfather. <laughs> Perfect amount of time. It's long. It's a it's long three, movie. It's three, hours. it's three hours. But yeah, it's it's uh, it, and it's a masterpiece. It's so good. Uh, but 
Is my life different from before and after? No. But is my life different from before and after straight out of Compton? Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. It's different. I have a greater understanding of, of a certain uh, way of life and a certain, you know, like, it has changed changed my life in some small way. Dude, my, uh, my eyes Brought were open. my perspective. My eyes were open just with Star Wars 4, 5, and 6, oh, where, like, it, Wait, it just... Wait, you mean, you mean A New Hope? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. New yeah. Hope, Empire, and Jedi. Right. Uh, the good, the good ones. <laughs> um, with the numbers. Yeah. So yeah, four, five, and six. It's just a huge story of a father trying to get back to his son and talk to him, <laughs> like yeah. honestly. And you're like, whoa, three movies, planets destroyed, just, <laughs> just for him to be like, listen, Luke. Yeah. Your father and son, you should rule with me. We can defeat the emperor. <laughs> and you're like, what? Oh man. And then when he's like, let me look on you with my own eyes when he's about to die in Jedi. It's, and those movies are fucking, uh, the first one, A New Hope. Yeah. That's, and I always leave it out just because it's so overhyped and, you know, everyone. Yeah. But it's one of the best movies ever made. so good. And I think A New Hope is the best one, like. Yeah. Um. I still, I still go Empire and Jedi. Most people say Empire. I like Jedi. That's probably my favorite, just like nostalgically. Yeah. The reason why Empire is the craziest is because so much happens and then it ends yeah. with like, wait, what? Wait, what? Well, <laughs> I think that what gives A New Hope the edge uh, for me is they're so... They created that world. Yeah. And you step into that world for the first time. And it's so dense. Uh, yeah. Like, there's so many, and I grew up in machine shops. That's where I lived behind a factory. It's my my uncle is the manager. Whatever yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> fucking, um, but I grew up around that like machine shops, <coughs> and even in my the house I grew up in was my grandpa's house in the fifties. Yeah. And my mom, we started living there when she had me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like fucking machines in the backyard like pieces, pieces of machines my, my grandma's like the worst pack rat and like my, <laughs> my mom had she was a graphic designer she had all these archaic printing machines yeah. printing presses and all this shit like that so like when you to watch print, like, that books and you and look stuff? in the background yeah essentially but I mean she would print like advertisements or whatever oh, that's cool. uh, that she was working on <laughs> um, yeah yeah we and we'd print them too and they'd make and then we'd have to open the garage door because it would get it would get too hot in there and yeah. everything. Did it get, did some of the noises kinda of sound like Star Wars noises? That's what I I'm mean, getting yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. No, but yeah, yeah. When you look around that's like when you looked around our house or like our back like there was this one kid who would always come we would just go in our backyard like it was like Tom Sawyer, like we we're going on an adventure through my backyard. And it'd just be, there'd just be a ton of junk all over the place, and we dig and find shit buried and shit. Like it was, it, you know. And but Star Wars is like that. When you're looking around at the background, they built so many props yeah, and shit yeah. under one vision. Yeah. They built an entire world, and that just doesn't happen mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Like I defy you to come up with a movie that's like that yeah. that has come out in the past 15 20 years yeah i mean like lord of the rings uh, but that's all cgi yeah and it doesn't have weight the, 
the because no. it was they did have the big miniatures, the bigatures as they called them in the yeah. in the extras. Uh, One of my favorite is uh, Edgar Wright. I think he 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 yeah. fucking gets close to doing shit like that. Yeah. Um, Such detail, attention to detail, dude. Yes. Oh, but with your saying with the Lord of the Rings and the CG, yeah. I, I never could watch them. The the one that distracted me the most was the second Hobbit. Yeah. Because I didn't watch any, I haven't watched any Lord of the Rings. I, I just could I yeah. refuse to participate is my new The coolest thing. thing one of the coolest things that has come out of all of it was Andy Circus as Gollum. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Cuz he he's been a great character as a char- actor, yeah, and for years and years. He's like he could have he he could win a, he could win an Oscar for that if well, they make should, a category have. for him. No, he should have won <laughs> best supporting actor. Yeah, the category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember um, Patton Oswalt was nominated because he's doing the voices. He's or doing all it, the facial was movements. Was nominated for adult adult uh, young adult the Jason Reitman movie with Charlize Theron? Oh. And he tweeted when the nomination for the Oscars came out. He tweeted Andy Serkis. He said, "Back to the drawing board." Wait, uh, I didn't see Young Adult. Who's Patton in that? He plays uh, this nerdy kid who, like, she's like a popular girl who goes back to her old town. Yeah, yeah. And there's an unlikely friendship between her and this. He actually is handy, physically handicapped. Okay. In that, so it's like Oscar bait, um, physical <laughs> handicap. He has really emotional scenes, some disturbing. Like, there's a, there's a sex scene in there, and it's like. It's like hard to watch because you know of his his handicap, yeah. and he's not like a movie star looking dude. Yeah, also, yeah. <laughs> so really, like it confronts that, like it's kind of like that sex scene. Actually, yeah, that sex scene makes the movie. I think it's such a fucking because it's probably like a well. What if she did get with him? They go all the way with it, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry to spoil. It's been out for years. <laughs> it's okay. But. <laughs> Yeah, it came out in like but it, 2010 or something. Hopefully that'll make people want to watch the movie, if nothing else. Yeah, I want. I wanted to see it. It's just a. It's a very challenging movie. It's not. It's not a popcorn flick. It's. Mm-hmm. It's It's more art than. Not a date. Not a date movie, probably. I mean, in a weird way, it is, but <laughs> you know, it depends on. Depends on the date. Not a first date. Movie. <laughs> Go see Pixels. <laughs> Go see... The idea that was taken from a Futurama episode. Furious. Uh, That Futurama... What did they do? Those What If episodes? Yeah, yeah. And it was... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that episode is brilliant. (laughs) Change direction. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Increase... The the commander of the space invaders? (laughs) It's beautiful. We nerded out Increase velocity. Change direction. (laughs) I think we, like... We nerded out, like... Or maybe just sufficient. He's gonna shoot through his own wall. No, <laughs> his own shield. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. He's using old like 1980s video game tricks yep. to defeat. Yeah, it's that shit's great. It, that's like yeah, Dan Harmon is a great, probably ruined a generation of comedians and and artists, but he's a definite an argument for this like referential. Comedy, oh yeah! Or, oh yeah! Uh, Very self-aware and like yeah, uh, nostalgic. But he does it in a way that elevates it to art. You yeah. Know, like yeah. And it's which is really hard to do because mostly and that's the like me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Mm-hmm. It's about a guy. They him and these kids in high school make movies um, based on um, like 
they're they're mostly art films and like cinematic masterpieces, whatever. And then they just change the title to be like an at midnight type thing, like a hashtag war. Like trying to think of one, like like a peeping tom. They change to pooping tom. Like and then they make a movie based on the new title that's like a parody. Anyways, but yeah, and dope is a lot. Like dope has wears its influence on his sleeve. There's a scene in dope. Do you know the movie uh-uh. what I'm talking about? Uh-uh. It's like this kid who grows up in a ghetto is trying to get into college. Mm-hmm. And it's like a super bad where it's like all happens in one day yeah. uh, type movie. Uh, Days and Confused, I think, the template. Yeah. But uh, he, the twist is that he's this kid in like Compton or wherever. Um, and he's like a nerdy kid. But okay. he still gets wrapped up in the, get, the fucking ghetto, drama of the like, ghetto. Yeah, yeah. So anyway... Um, that's the twist, but there's a scene in that that is straight up a scene in Straight Outta Compton. It's like a, the same scene in both movies. <laughs> like, especially the beginning, it's, it's exactly, and I'm, I'm, they probably took it from that story. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. To, like, parody it or, or whatever. pay homage or, like, yeah, just yeah. as an idea to use. Yeah. And they probably had no idea it was going to be in Straight Outta Compton, and the <laughs> movies came out in the same year. <laughs> Uh, dope is like straight out of Compton if it was on the Disney Channel. <laughs> like that's that's what it is. But but not straight out of Anaheim. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. Uh, straight out of Disneyland. It's straight like, out of Fullerton. Uh, yeah, that's kind of. But uh. But yeah, it's very referential to always and like um. I taught, uh, yeah, Family Guy is another one. Oh, yeah, a lot of references in the cutscenes. That was pre-community. Mm-hmm. Which, even before that, the critic, I feel like Family Guy, nobody ever... Yeah, they the always critic. talk about how Family Guy's a rip great. on The Simpsons. Like, they ripped off The Simpsons. Yeah. They, Family Guy, I mean, uh, the critic, they ripped off The Critic. The critic is all cutaways, I need to. I need to watch it again, because I remember yeah. liking it, and, like, the it, boss was really weird. He was that... Uh, Scottish dude, right? Or am I thinking Freakazoid? Because there was like it a there was a Scottish dude with a kilt in Freakazoid, and I think the no, or I maybe think English. The, yeah, he, there's a foreign guy. I'm, I English, think, I think. Some European. Yeah. Maybe German even. Yeah. But Not he, German. I don't know. He was yeah. always very brash and like he. I haven't he, seen it in a while. He reminded me of like a Richard years. Branson type. Yeah. That's just in charge of the station. He's like, whatever, you're doing your job. All right. He has some, it some accent. <laughs> some accent. Something weird. That line from Anchorman, Paul Rudd. She was French or Asian or something weird. <laughs> I think I was in love once is how that line starts. <laughs> Terrible start, but go on. I met her in this. Yeah. I met her in a Target bathroom. Yeah. We made out for like hours. It was amazing. I don't think that's love. <laughs> Is love and they go into the song. I love lamp. Oh. That's that. Do you really love the lamp brick or? <laughs> I love lamp. <laughs> Steve Carell, dude. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. What a talent. I, I, I hung out with him one night. Yeah. Um, now I'm getting into name dropping. <laughs> That's cool. What was, yeah, I don't know. yeah. He did a he did an improv show with our improv group and from college. Whoa. Um, 
It's crazy. It's a crazy <laughs> thing he did, and it was at the peak. Um, it was the year. Corel peak. The year that Little Miss Sunshine and Forty Year Old Virgin came out. They oh came out yeah, the same year, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think if I'm not within a year, if not the same year. Yeah. Within a year of each other, and you know, and the office was. That was before he hit strong. like, at, so hard that, people were like, "Let's hire him for anything." You know what he was filming at the time? What? Evan Almighty. What? Yeah. He came from the set of Evan Almighty. When 40-Year-Old Virgin came out? At, that came out after, yeah. Because what happened is uh, he did Anchorman. He did he did Bruce Almighty, Anchor. It's like The Daily Show, Bruce Almighty, Anchorman. Those were two he was both cast as news anchors because people knew him from The Daily Show. <laughs> and then uh, from Anchorman, he did 40-Year-Old Virgin. And he was, and then The Office came along somewhere in there. Oh, man. And then and then Little Miss Sunshine dropped. Um, yeah. So that really opened him up. But then he was still contract, contract you know, he still for signed the contract. Yeah, because <laughs> when he signed the contract for Evan Almighty, Bruce, I mean, uh, Bruce, uh, Jim Carrey. Bruce Almighty, <laughs> the big Bruce, as people call Jim Carrey constantly. <laughs> uh, which, actually, I like Bruce Almighty, by the way. It's, yeah, it's, it's good. And Steve Carell and Jim Carrey. Yeah. Great <laughs> but yeah, and it's so shitty. Like it's like the thing, a sequel that doesn't follow the the other one at all, because Steve Carell's the asshole in the other one, and this one he's the hero. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they try to smooth it over and hope people don't remember or yeah. whatever. No, no, no. This is a moment of redemption. <laughs> Jonah Hill steals Evan Almighty. By the way, Jonah Hill. He's like his assistant, science. right? Yeah. Yeah. Jonah Hill more so and Wanda Sykes to a lesser extent but yeah the movie's such a piece of shit I can't believe I even watched it there's a there's a shot in this movie I'll tell you the whole movie in one shot and it's like a Simpsons thing except when the boat's coming down no 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 they they go by a movie theater they just drive by a movie theater and the marquee is 40 year old virgin Mary and but it it like it, it, it stops panning and stays on the marquee for like six seconds. To be like, remember? It really pounds it over your head. Like on The Simpsons, you would have never noticed it and it would have come out in a blog. Or, or, or you'd have to pause it. Or yeah, yeah. Or, for like those or, two yeah, frames that it's like, on the screen. Yeah, what did that say? And yeah. Rewind it. There was a moment in like that in uh, a li- uh, one of the latest Rick and Morty episodes yeah. where they're walking out of the theater and it's very like just in the background but you can totally see what each poster says and the title and, and i guess because of you know because of family guy and uh, um, dan Harmon, uh those are the version of star wars having such dense like all these cool things to look at oh yeah 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 they're easter egg jokes or whatever yeah so yeah as they're walking out of the theater the there's like two posters that are, that you can see and then they keep walking, and there's two more that you can also yeah, see. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, all the perspective, but you can still read it. And, and it's just funny, weird titles. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that shit because it's like, it's like those writers can't help but come up with more jokes. Yeah. Like, they're like, we have... It's like, should we put something on the movie posters? Yeah, of course we should. <laughs> no, well, and also, I mean, to credit Hollywood, there is an ideal in Hollywood that pays a great attention to detail because like yeah. I remember I was on the set of Zohan mm-hmm. and um, don't mess with Zohan I hung out with Adam Sandler one night came down and did an improv show with my college improv that didn't happen 
that happened. No way. I'm thinking of an episode of Undeclared, the Judd Apatow show. It happened in Undeclared. He came and hung out with the college kids. Anyways, that was my Steve Carell experience. Steve Carell paid for my coffee at Denny's. True story. All right. But True Adam story. Sandler, I was on the set of Zohan, and it's the silliest shit ever. But there's so much. They literally had yeah, a all the detail that a, goes into. Well, he they had a, a filter for the sun. Mm-hmm. They were blocking out the sun uh, with a filter, uh, and the crane costs. They're spending like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, two hundred fifty grand a day of sh- shooting for like a week to block out the sun. To block to diffuse it, not even block <laughs> it out, just diffuse it. Have not harsh a light, and then also they had like, you know, like some somewhere around uh, forty to fifty extras um, for a scene walking by for the reflection in the glass of the salon an entire city they had to set in motion (laughs) just for in the background there's a reflection in the glass of cars driving by and people walking by and then adam sandler then you go to the scene and it's him and like it's him talking about his pubes and why women like his pubes he's going with his accent i don't know what his uh, middle eastern accent and then it's like like this whole machine is built for Adam Sandler to be a silly idiot, which I don't think Zohan, Zohan's uh, one of the better ones of the of the latest. It was movies. co-written by uh, Robert Smigel and Judd Apatow. Oh wow! So there's a couple brilliant moments in it. Okay. A lot of visual gags that are refreshing because those don't happen in movies as much. Yep. Like Naked Gun type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so we, I mean, we covered, uh, like, what you do for work, you do gigs and stuff here and there. Yeah. Um, what are, what are, like, some goals you have in comedy? You got the show, you got the monthly show. I've never had a goal, I don't think, <laughs> uh, in my life. It's a big problem. Even, even if the goal Classic is to... underachiever. Even if the goal is to continue doing stand-up forever, like, what, yeah, like, Yeah, what? um... We should set some now, and all. <laughs> so for myself, yeah. I've, I've I've been becoming way more organized and thinking about this stuff. But yeah, fuck. Let me ask ask a more specific just, question. Just just something you'd like to do in comedy that you haven't been able to do yet. Uh, get paid would be good. Um, you know, get paid some amount of money, which I have. I've gotten paid. And I get paid to do that weekly show, but yeah, it's yeah. like. I do this murder mystery show. It's like, uh, it's like I say the Cheesecake Factory of comedy. Okay. You know, it's a corporate gig. It's not. Yeah. It's not like, it's not artistically fulfilling. Yeah. Which, I I gave up on trying to fuse those things, be artistic about doing the show, and yeah. I am as much as possible still. But it's like I do that, you know, three times a day, five to six nights a week. Yeah. Outside of that. Mm-hmm. So, it's e. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a gig. Yeah. So um, yeah. What's that show called? Uh, it's called The Dinner Detective. It's actually a great show. It's expensive. It's like I get a discount sometimes, but <laughs> you know when they're slow in the slow yeah slow period. The actors make the show, in my opinion. Yeah. The acting is <laughs> it's a really dumb. They have like I remember there was speaking of Adam Sandler, the trailer from. Um, the trailer for uh, Grown Ups 2, mm. Shaq had a line 
that is a joke we use in the show, <laughs> which is when the cops come in. Shaq played a cop in that, I guess, going for, off the trailer. A security guard or a cop, and he had someone, he had a gun to someone, put your hands up. And they put your hands up. And yeah. Like, and put your hands up in the air and wave them like, just don't care. And Shaq starts dancing. The detectives, that's the opening. Oh, like, no. that's when the detectives come in and dance. <laughs> Anyway, it's like, like I do, in some respects, see myself as like an artist, and a, like that's my goal in comedy. If any, is to be an artist and make to some make your sort of mark living. and to be like, oh, that's a Bartoloni thing. Not necessarily. I mean, I'm not even. <laughs> I would like people to say my name in the in the like. Who do you respect in comedy? You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That other comics respecting yeah, like my peers. Galifianakis, Bartoloni, <laughs> Bamford. Yeah, uh, that's. I don't know. I feel arrogant even listening to that. No, I, I that would, would be that would be. I would cool. though, like jo- what George Carlin used to say is to not be left out, and it feels ridiculous to say it because nobody knows who I am at this point. Like <laughs> no, but like, like uh, you know fucking nobody knows my name even people I've met or seen me do comedy they don't know you know what I mean yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. it's weird though cause uh, have you read Steve Martin's books uh-huh. when standing up uh-huh. you should definitely read it it's a good Seinfeld said it's the best book ever written about comedy but yeah. there's this part where he gets famous and he's on SNL and he's famous and it's like literally like one paragraph he's not famous and the next paragraph, he's so famous he can't drive on the freeway because uh, people are hanging out their cars trying to get yeah. his attention. And uh, Pharaoh, uh, dangerously uh, uh, getting an accident, yeah. saying he didn't drive for like 10 <coughs> years after that. Yeah. And for even longer on the freeways because he was so terrified of that. You know, and he was so famous he couldn't go on a date because people would just come up and hassle him the whole time. Uh, and his date would get annoyed. And yeah. Not You'd have to find like creative he, places to go. Well, he would literally just go to his hotel room, turn on the TV with no lights on, and just zombie out until he fell asleep. And that's it. That's for a year. You know, while he was touring and everything. Yeah. He was just completely isolated. You know, that's uh, so there. But that point where he's he doesn't know he's unaware that people know him. Or, you know. Yeah. Until it becomes that fucking. Explosion and I, of- I don't. I don't want to be famous. Like, I really... I just want to eat and <laughs> live in a better place than I live in. You yeah, know, like, yeah. I, I just... And money is fucking... More than being meaningless to me, it's, uh, like, it's evil and awful. And I don't... Ugh, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's like it's like fucking talking about diarrhea. You know, like... <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it happens, and it's a part of life. We all have to deal with it. Yeah. Sometimes Some, you have it, sometimes you don't. Yeah, sometimes you, it comes and goes, it comes and goes, you know. Sometimes all at once. <laughs> sometimes it goes real fast. You know? If you're not careful, if, it, if you're not careful about how you live your life, it's all gonna fucking... And if you have, even if you have too much of it, you can still flush it down the toilet. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> poop. poop is funny. Poop. <laughs> poop it. 
I'll tell you, going back to your how long did I do stand-up. Yeah, yeah. I did want to answer that. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could just say 10 years and that would be it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, like, I've, it's like, I hate. Because mine's 8, but really 6. Right, yeah. Mine's like 10, but really 4 or something, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, that play I wrote, it was comedy, and that experience is fucking, yeah. I learned a ton. Mm-hmm. And, and then going back, I remember the first bit I wrote, mm-hmm. you know, and I might, like, I was in kindergarten, you know, I was like a mm-hmm. child, I was five or six years old, I don't mm-hmm. know, kindergarten, first grade, <laughs> and it was Elvis on the telephone. But it's a real bit, you know, like, I do an impression <laughs> of Elvis, there's a concept, he's on the telephone, and I'd say, hello? Uh-huh. 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 Oh, thank you very much. Hang up the click. Like, that's the, that's the bit. But it's a bit, and I, I wrote that when I was six. That's a good bit for a five And I would do it for adults, and I made it up, you know, like, it was my own... I loved Elvis. That's, like, I just wanted to be Elvis, yeah. you know? That was my first... Yeah. Like, I knew, I didn't even know what music was so much as I just wanted to be that. The, the essence of Elvis, yeah. Like, you know, like... Yeah, it's just one... Just, like, cool, like, I Fonz, mean, John Lennon style. had that thing, too. But then when you grow up, like... Jay Leno was a much bigger influence on me than Elvis, which is talking about controversy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the reason, the reason is because this? he's such a shell of a comic. <laughs> he's such a fucking awful human. Um, he's such a pathetic excuse for uh, entertainment. No, because I, I would watch, I would watch Chris Farley, and there's no way you're ever gonna be that funny. You're, and I got compared to Farley a lot when I was in junior high and stuff. Like, yeah. Um, to the point, like, where people, there was, like, a running joke in my junior high where people said I was the illegitimate son of Chris Farley, and, mm-hmm. like, because my, my dad had died when I was seven, which made the joke really hurtful to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Because I knew my dad. And, yeah. But people said, yeah, was, and then when he died, that was rough for me, um, because, yeah. I mean, I mean, my dad, all my idols are dead, that's, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, something I realized at some, or Mick, Mick Foley is the only one he's like a hero of mine and uh-huh. like defies death you know <laughs> I don't know if I don't you know, know I don't know McCoy he's, he's a wrestler Mankind okay Cactus Jack <laughs> he's also a best selling author and uh, now does stand up so <laughs> that's another thing that I noticed that's that crazy my my idols are people who do more than one thing yeah often yeah. writing often comedy mm-hmm. you know like Kevin Smith yeah. Is, uh, one of my idols. All these uh, fat bearded men, uh, <laughs> Mick Foley, Kevin Smith, Farley didn't Seth have Rogen? a beard. <laughs> Not just the dead ones. Though. Even Jim Jim Morrison in his later years had a big fat beard. Yeah. Big yeah. fat beard. That's my first comedy album. Big fat beard. Big fat beard. That's good. Um, big fat dead beard. <laughs> dead beard. That's a pirate name. Dead beard the pirate. Yeah. Um, Anyone who touches yeah, him so dies. But I have been doing, I feel like I've been doing comedy my whole life. Uh, yeah. I used to memorize Farley bits, and I used to write my own bits. Me and my friend in high school, that was like, we would just write, I would do radio shows, like, <laughs> you know, like I would record, and I would do like, I did an impression, I would interview Yoda, and I would do Yoda, <laughs> and I always always had this disdain for impressions, even when I would do them. Yeah. And, and part of it is just I, I have ADD I, it's so hard to stay in that character like yeah, that that's yeah. not that's unnatural mm-hmm. 
Anyway, um, but yeah, I used to do all kinds of shit. And then in high school, we started our own improv group. We saw Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. And we just said, we're doing plays. I mean, we're doing drama, but it was even before my friend who started, I brought him in to, got him in. We used to do backyard wrestling. We started ourselves. Okay, okay. But we were more interested in the storyline <laughs> than the sport of it. The drama. It yeah. was the drama. Yeah, we were more interested in, we are doing it as theater, not as... You know, yeah, <laughs> and the sport. Like I, there's some tapes still that exist. Yes. Um, Are they on YouTube? Definitely not. Hundred <laughs> percent no. On they that. have to go on YouTube. As much embarrassing <laughs> shit you can find me on YouTube. That's not. Yeah. That's not a thing. Once you can. put it up there, the the whole wrestling world will explode video, with support. I have a video of when I got dropped on my head, <laughs> like, uh, which is a great introduction. <laughs> put it up on YouTube. I, I made a version of it where I put in funny sounds like fart noises and shit. Yeah. Where I'm like, we're like punching each other and yeah. it's like, you know, like, and then I get dropped on my head. It's like, ding dong, or whatever. It's a funny clip because uh, this guy gets me up on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. It was like our buffest dude because I was a fat kid. You yeah. Know, it was, yeah. I was bigger then than I am now. I really, so I, I find shirts that I had in high school and they fit me better now. Uh. <laughs> they were tight on me back then, which is like they're practically new because i would never wear anything yeah, that yeah, was yeah. tight i have i have a bunch of all those a lot of those clothes up there are just like yeah. i mean this I'll shirt get used back to be there. tight on me when <laughs> I, I think it was from when i was like 19 20. um anyway but yeah to answer so like when i was so you've always been doing yeah or stuff. feel like you've always been, been doing, doing like i did comedy improv stuff. before yeah. i did stand-up was all, always terrifying to me <laughs> and um I mean, guess not as much anymore. There's still an anxiety about it, but yeah, um, you know, it's what I do mm -hmm. um, every day. So yeah, what's what's your favorite part about doing comedy? Oh, definitely, hundred percent. And this goes into my goals too: is exploring ideas. Yeah. In with with it being a game too, because the game while you're of on it, stage, the game. Yeah, the game of it is you can do anything you want mm -hmm. it's a limitless absolute freedom mm -hmm. even more so than music because yeah. music is the other one that's really about freedom you can do whatever you want yeah but it's more free because you don't have music you don't have the instrument to rely on to, you to hold you, you back you, it doesn't have to be a song yeah even like captain hap, even like captain beefheart it has to be noise you know mm -hmm. this just has to be you could do a silent you could do a silent thing <laughs> kevin james closes his special uh, uh, sweat the small stuff. Yeah, he, he does a fifteen minute and Gabriel Iglesias does his Comedy Central special too. His old special yeah. back before he was broad, more broad. He was he did a writing a roller coaster as a fat guy, and it's all silent and sound effects. And then uh, Kevin James is picking out a uh, a greeting card for somebody, and it's like a fifteen minute silent bit with music. And it's like, like you can do anything. The only rule is that it has to be funny. Yeah. And that's not even a hard, fast rule. Yeah. You know, it could just be interesting. Because it could or also challenging, be challenging. Or it, it, like, it, there has to be some reaction. It could also be funny just to you. Like when, like going back to Kaufman when he was just like, it would be so An funny. Inside joke. Yeah, it would yeah. be so funny if people thought. <laughs> yeah, the the Tony Clifton thing. Yeah. Meeting Tony Clifton was a great moment. <laughs> that was fucking... 
Because sometimes it was him and sometimes it was his friend? Or Bob Zamuda, he's, he got the brilliant idea to have his writing partner play him. Because there was already, like, facial applications and shit, so yeah, it didn't yeah, look yeah. like Kaufman. So, so, yeah, he did a show, and then he came. Clifton came out, and everyone... At that point, he was really famous, so everyone knows it's Andy Kaufman. He, Clifton was on Taxi, I think, so, like, yeah. people knew... Um, but then Nandy Kaufman came out and people were like, what the fuck? And I know the line, uh, most of this information I'm getting from Man on the Moon, so I don't know how yeah. accurate it is, but the line Giamatti, was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paul Giamatti and Jim Carrey, dude. <laughs> I like that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a bad movie, but a good, uh, there's good things about it. The I, beginning is brilliant. This is my, <laughs> one of my favorite intros to a movie ever. Yeah. Maybe my favorite beginning of a movie. Yeah. The, you know what I'm talking about? Um, like, I haven't seen it in a out, while. But. He comes out as Kaufman. It's in black and white, if I'm remembering correct. And he says, like, you know, the movie is... Uh, I don't... He's, like, introducing the movie, and he goes, I don't even like the... He's doing it in a character. <laughs> I don't even like the movie anymore. It's... They, they rearranged everything for dramatic... For dramatic effect purposes. <laughs> In fact, I redid the movie, and it's a lot shorter now. In fact, this this is the end of the movie. And then he puts on a record, and so he just stands there awkwardly as music plays, and the credits roll. And it's fucking brilliant. And then it's downhill from there. But Jim Carrey, yeah, that was... I mean, that role got him a lot of respect that he so richly deserves. Yeah. To pull a Wayne White quote, making all these references and no one knows... Wayne White's another one of my heroes, fat bearded man. Okay. In his fat bearded years, is when I like him. He designed Pee Wee's Playhouse, and he's a oh, he's a cool. painter. Pee Wee's Playhouse is puppeteer. Nuts. Yeah, Cherry the Cherry. He, I got had him on a storytelling show. Nice. And this art gallery, yeah, it was a, a special moment that I fucking. Did you see the Pee Wee Herman art gallery thing at Meltdown? No. That was last year, and it was. I don't go to that kind of shit enough. <coughs> It was cool because it's just like, hey, do you have an art piece about Pee-wee? Do you want to enter it in and like yeah. maybe sell it? Cool or like sell prints of it? I like, should have done that. I, someone, I do. I do make art, but I'm not. I feel like I'm an amateur art. fine artist or like <laughs> at drawing and stuff. That's something. Yeah. I know people who are like like Jenny Slate said this great thing. She's an actress. Yeah. Um, and she does stand up. And it's she's like a got personal, Marcel the Shell. It's like a. Right, but stand-up to her is, like, this personal thing. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like a hobby, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like, she's immensely successful yeah. as an actress, and, and, you know, artistically, she has an artistic integrity about her. So. Yeah, yeah. I used to be like, fuck those people. Those aren't comedians. <laughs> I guess you start to get um, a little less angry and whatever. I'm a little more accepting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, there comes a point where you're like, there are so many comedians here, well, you, and New York, and Chicago, and it's like, how will I stand out? And then you're like, I don't know, I'll just keep fucking doing it. Right, all you, all you do is show up. Yeah. I've heard has a great bit about that. You just show up. Um, yeah. But like, and you'll like be surprised how many people don't show up, or they show up sporadically, mm-hmm. or, you know, and that's, it makes a huge difference. Or way late. Or, or 
right, right. right. Yeah, like yeah, a couple like hours late. Like so Mike, Mike Lawrence <laughs> did this great speech at a comedy festival, like a keynote type address, and he said the, it was the five things he wished he had learned. Five things he learned in New York, doing comedy in New York, that he wished he had learned way earlier. Mm. And one of them was um, the cr- cruelest form with the... It's like the harshest form of cruelty is indifference. And he's talking about open mics. Uh, And how, like, you would rather have people heckle you, because that's a reaction, (laughs) than have people sit there and stare and do absolute, or be looking at their phones, you know, just nothing. And he was like, the thing is, we could make it better. You'd be in the rooms at open mics and be supportive. And I'm trying to work on that in my own. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm... Habitually out of the room when most people are performing, unless yeah. you know, it's easy to do when there's like sixty people, for example, or right? Like and and you know, they're they're. It's not like watching stand-up. It's like watching someone uh, try to come up with something, or and you know, and like, and yeah. then I'll go on stage with nothing, you know. <laughs> but you know, I'll go on stage with my performing ability yeah. or whatever <laughs> but I gotta I gotta start right like um, I didn't say right I write more than anyone I know mm-hmm. but I gotta start um, I'm doing it it doesn't matter <laughs> like getting actual like concrete material but because it, yeah. it's so fun to just go out there with nothing and like see what happens yep. and or like but, with a spark of an idea and, and then like, I, always I wanted have, to talk about this right 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 and, and like, just explore it because yeah. that's what it is about for me but you can't yeah. do that shit on Conan. <laughs> no. Uh, Pol- I mean, polish, no. Polish your polish your act. <laughs> right. Make so, sure you got the beats. But no, but that, that exploration part where I did that for maybe like a year or two now, like, it's fucking... It's... Uh, it's fucking... In, it's, it's so valuable. It's so... Yeah. Like, it means everything. It's important because... It, it's going to inform the rest of my career in comedy. Yeah. Because I always have that, that skill, that that confidence to do that. that yeah, it, it, you can even use it if like, if a bit's not going well or something, you'd be like, let's talk about something else, <laughs> and then just like go off. Right. No, I I I tell the audience I'm abandoning this bit because you don't deserve it. I'm, frankly, uh, you don't deserve it because you're not you're not really into it, and it's hard for me to be. I'm not going to do the work for both of us. You're going to have to meet me in the middle, or we're going to go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere else. I do a thing where I start over, yeah. which is something I came up with for my play. I had the idea, because the play comes out and I introduce it yeah. in, in character, yeah. the, but I'm playing myself, basically, yeah. as, a, as a younger person. And so like, I, I come out and I introduce myself, and I'm like, ugh. Can I start over? Like, let me just start over, and then, <laughs> then I come out and I'm like, "Hello, how? Why am I yelling? Fuck! What is this? God damn it! I'm gonna go back." And then I, I yell at the stage, like the person in the booth, the stage manager. I'm like, "Can you play that music again?" And they play the music again, and I come. But one night we had a problem with the lights. Oh, Someone no. had erased our entire lighting uh, program. Program. Yeah. So. They were trying to figure it out, and also we were like amateurs, we didn't know, we didn't even have a lighting person, we just had us, like, it was just us, you know, uh, 
and and so like they're figuring out the lights for like 20 minutes i remember my brother got a parking ticket so he left the audience oh, or like no. his car was getting towed so he left <laughs> like i well i had made an announcement about parking uh that you shouldn't park so i was like i was like coming out there and then the lights would go out and then i leave and come so that time i left i only leave and come back three times mm-hmm. that night it was about 20 like oh, i kept wow. going and coming but it, the audience lights was, still aren't on huh all right i was killing <laughs> yeah and by the way, the monologue, like the jokes I had written in it, it's like the opening monologue of talk shows, how it's almost framed. Yeah. But it's me talking about my life. The jokes would bomb often. Like, yeah. They were, I mean, there was a joke in every line. Yeah. And, but they're also information. Yeah. Like exposition. And they would, I would get surprised if some of them, like one of them Landed. was like, I, 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 um, I'm an artist, a working artist, uh. Well, sandwich artist. I work at Subway. And that would never get anything. It would never... And part of it was, like, I'm just nervous. Like, like I wrote this thing, and it's my life, and yeah. I'm presenting it to people. It's a really... Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, the thing of starting over and, like, ditching bits and letting the audience know. Pulling back the curtain. I love that. And I tell them that I'm pulling back the curtain, which really isn't pulling back the curtain because it's a yeah. performance of pulling back the curtain. <laughs> so I love that. And that's like Andy Kaufman, like uh, his grandmother sitting on stage and at the end the guy pulling off the mask and it's Bob Zamuda or whatever. Like, his grandma just sat there the entire thing. I, I told her I'd get her the best seat in her house and they pull out a recliner with his grandma. His whole special happens. Then at the end, he just while well, the credits are rolling, then Bob's mood and comes out of the crowd and pulls off the grandma makeup. So for why? You know, it's just... Just, for, just because. Also, um, he loved wrestling. That was a big... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got his album that was, like, unreleased... Uh, and it it like it that. plays like a podcast, yeah. Like so, he's recording him and well, his yeah, grandma he used driving. Doing the same thing as the like radio shows <laughs> uh, when he was little, and he'd do it without recording them. He'd just do it for nobody, yeah. for his sister, for <laughs> set up some stuffed animals and perform for him or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. in the in the tapes, he's like talking to his grandma, and she's like, "Why are you recording that? What are you doing?" He's like, "I don't know. I think it I think it's interesting. I think people would listen to it later and be like, oh, that's." That's what he's like when he's not like trying to be funny or whatever. So it was like very real, and you're like, whoa! Like he's being sincere and like talking oh, about, wow. yeah, talking about his comedy and just, yeah. That's was, interesting. Yeah, I would like to listen. To that for sure. Yeah, I, I found it on. I found it at, at Amoeba on vinyl, of course. Oh shit! <laughs> I will trade you something for it for like a week or something, or have a listening party if you. Yeah, dude. Um, but uh. Yeah. You know, I was thinking today about... We were talking about comedy a lot. And uh, I was thinking about what a fucking... Because I write... I write reviews, like film reviews mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, I see myself more as, like, Chuck Klosterman is the only... Uh, Chuck Klosterman and Hunter S. Thompson, which they've been compared to. Stephen King, I think? No, was it? Stephen King's a big fan of Chuck Klosterman. Okay. He writes blurbs on most of his books that come out. Okay. And I think I'm mixing him up with somebody else. So. But somebody put a blurb of, uh, he's like Hunter S. Thompson, except for being obsessed with Nixon, he's obsessed with Kiss. Van Kiss. Yeah. Which he is obsessed with. But like that, and that's a statement, a generational statement, where people are more interested in entertainment than politics. Yeah. Um, which Donald Trump is 
Oh, man. Bridging the gap. Yeah, what gap? <laughs> uh, yeah, that. But that's that's uh, actually what I was getting at. Where uh, journalism has become entertainment and not news. It's well, it, not it had it had to evolve that way like, because people got so. I mean, I know anytime I would watch any kind of news news, I would be like, "This is too." depressing this is like yeah but even that even that even that is a a a it's the same thing um uh that's entertainment it's sensationalized violence and shit like oh like even on cnn well that's like more and i don't want to it's i don't know i don't remember the last real news but it's like the culture of fear you never have watched no one has my dad hasn't existed well my dad's a tv news producer so i have watched like local news but even even that i'd be like but I want to watch just, The Simpsons instead. Did you see Anchorman 2? Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, How they... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I bet it's, it's based, satire. It's yeah, satirical. I bet it's like true... Like yeah, based on true well, stuff. Well, yeah, it's 100. based on CNN and... <laughs> and uh, uh, what's his name? Rupert Murdoch. Fox News. <laughs> let's, n- let's not talk facts. Let's but, just... <laughs> <laughs> let's just reference. <laughs> let's just get a whole bunch of ideas no, out like, there and put them the, out there. Well, it's two things. It's two things. Yeah. One is everything has gone from art to bubblegum, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's like a music, yeah. you know, bubblegum bubble gum pop. pop. Yep. Yep. So, like, mm-hmm. but, yeah, so everything's been so reduced, Yeah. which was a brilliant thing when it happened with punk, because that's what punk was. Yeah. It was just reduced music to its most basic elements. Mm-hmm. Guitar, that, bass, drums. At the same time. Sometimes it, two guitars. Right. Well... <laughs> Not in true punk. Uh, that's not punk. Uh, two guitars, that's already not punk. I mean, I'm not a, I'm a bit of a purist, I guess. Op Ivy, there was only three, right? Huh? Op Ivy? Yeah. There were three guitars? Three or, no, three members. Or four, oh, okay. Or four. Oh. Yeah, yeah, there were three, and maybe sometimes four. Nirvana, uh, yeah. Joy Division, maybe there's four. Three, there's only three in The Living End. Oh, there's awesome surf punk rock band from Australia. And their first album, self-titled. Their second album, Roll On. The first. I mean, there's there's like like, I mean, the Ramones. There's it's yeah. singer, guitarist, bassist, drums. You know, like yeah. those are the three and or four elements. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. But the, the punk was brilliant. But they they took that fucking formula. Yep. And you know, Justin Bieber and whatever. <laughs> Fallout Boy. On, on the Gold Fallout th- Boy. Goldthwait Eesh. had a great line about, He said people always wanted, you know, with entertainment, people were like, if the people chose, if it wasn't corporate, if it came from the people, uh, we would we would choose someone truly great. We would choose art. You know, we wouldn't choose this crap. Wait, who said that? Like, just people in general. Oh, like, yeah. It's always like, if the people could choose, if the it's the corporations pushing this shit on us, if we could choose. And he said, well, we got a machine, a magic machine that let us choose. It's called the internet. And we chose Justin Bieber. Like, that was our choice. That's where we went. But it's, already, but it's YouTube. already been so perverted before that. Yeah. Anyway, like, so everything's so bubblegum. That's the one side of it. Everything's entertainment. Entertainment news. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, which is an oxymoron. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. Uh, it's like, what? what's next? Entertainment school. Entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like... Kids, would, kids would learn a lot better that way, well, probably. Uh, <laughs> yes and no. Depending on 
if Depending Dan, on if Dan Harmon was the wrote the yeah the, he's a superintendent this, yeah he superintendent starts making Harmon. schools which I mean community <laughs> yeah <laughs> wavelength here uh, he but, starts uh, making his own community colleges he, he basically called called Greendale he he basically <laughs> has with his podcast and stuff it's like yeah Hermantown I'm there every week are you I've never gone I gotta go it's fun have you seen the doc. Huh? Have you seen the movie? Oh no, not yet. I can't oh, believe I had still oh, haven't watched good. it yet. Yeah, but. check it out. I was a little underwhelmed, to be honest, mm-hmm. but um, and I want to watch it again. There is a great emotional base. He there's some the greatest one of the greatest lines, and he says he quotes himself often. Mm-hmm. Is uh, and but this line will explain that he says, uh, you know, doing. It's like, hey, look at me, you know. Yeah. It's like this arrogant, fucking even solipsistic thing. Um, and I'm interpreting this, this isn't a direct quote, obviously. <laughs> he said, uh, but if you're trying to make people feel better, you're trying to make people laugh, you're reaching out yeah. of yourself. Yeah. That's as good as arrogant gets. That's as good as self-centered, you know. Yeah. You know. Because if, yeah, if you are. That's the best it gets. If, if you are being perceived as, like, self-centered or something in that moment, if your true intent is to entertain well, yeah, and like yeah make what people happens feel better when, and it's mostly um and god damn it i'm not talking about myself here to make that clear but when more intellectual people these like these people like dan Harmon or or, or uh you know like steve martin even uh yeah. you know these people who are just fucking geniuses who choose to make art when your brain is that active, Woody Allen maybe is a, is a <laughs> unfortunate example for me to say out loud, but you know he's he's a guy. Yeah. Kevin Smith. These guys who are just so smart. What happens is they isolate themselves because they have advanced ideas. Yeah. A Thoreau even uh, is a great example. <laughs> Literally became a recluse, um, and the world doesn't. It does not. You don't fit into the world. Uh, you don't. Yeah. It's hard to be in a relationship like that. Hard to find your place when someone's arguing about uh, putting your toothbrush in their bathroom, and you're like, "We're all gonna die. <laughs> None of this matters. The, the universe uh, doesn't exist uh, uh, outside of our consciousness. Do you not understand? Uh, fucking people. People are oppressing women because of." Uh, quotes of Jesus Christ you know what I mean like because they think Jesus is because they're sanctifying something um, from thousands of years ago that's not even for us and probably misinterpreting it and and misinterpreting it (laughs) over and over and over again using it for their own purposes and and you want to I put my tube who cares if all our teeth falls out (laughs) and fucking drink from a tube who gives a shit you know like which is like when someone's like, "How's the weather? How long have you been doing comedy? We're all gonna die. We're dying. We're dying now. Fucking, I don't have time. I don't know. Anyways, the point is, it, when you're an individual, yeah, uh, it's hard to relate to other people, and that's why you end up doing something like art, because yeah. it's your attempt. David Foster Wallace is a great example because he was so isolated because he was so smart. And so, such a depth of feel for humanity. And people, I think there's a view of him where he has a sterility to him. Like, people think he's cold and callous. Mm -hmm. But it's not that. He just, 
um, I think he protects himself. It's like um, the old thing of a poet being, it's like Bukowski. Like, he's an asshole to everybody. He's like, fuck this. I don't, you know, I'm a, he's like a curmudgeon. Or Larry David has that thing. Like, where yeah. there are these curmudgeon dudes like, eh, it's because I have all these ideas and you guys don't the, get them. Pepitone even <laughs> has a kind of persona. Like, yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. <laughs> uh, like, like. But yeah, it's because. But no, it's it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Where it's like you're going to attack, and I know that I'm right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know I have ideas that you that are a value to you. Yeah. And you're gonna fight them. So it's like. Otherwise, you just have to be walking around with a sword ready to slice people's heads off. I mean, metaphorically, you know. And really. <laughs> but yeah, people come, they're, the world's just ready to attack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you're telling them, you, religion is the thing I referenced, uh, and how it's, uh, you know, you, it's hard to call yourself religious without calling yourself sexist and racist. And, you know, like... <laughs> You're like if you say I'm a Christian, you're basically saying I'm a sexist, racist, fascist. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Yeah. Anyone, even, even anyone who identifies themselves with a group is inherently <laughs> there's a flaw instantly <laughs> because you're identifying yourself with people you have no control over. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just don't. That's like with uh, sports, and you're rooting for the team. Right. So when a player leaves, then you're like, you're not part of the team anymore. It's like, then who are you rooting for? The, right, the right, uni- yeah. The uniform? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's an old, fairly like old Brett, bet. Like Brett Favre when he fake retired. Oh. He, he wrestling <laughs> retired. <laughs> um, I was a big Green Bay fan was from Wisconsin. He came right back out. Yeah. yeah. And he went to another team. And I remember my this guy I used to talk about football with, he was like, and I don't watch sports really anymore. But yeah. I still have a fondness for it. Yeah. Special place in my heart. Um, and he said, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not a Packers fan anymore. I'm a Favre fan. And I was like, you're an idiot. Because like, <laughs> he'll uh, go away one day and then I'm what? A, I'm a Vince Lombardi fan, you know, like, <laughs> they won the first Super Bowl. They're the best football team of all time. <laughs> Fuck the Cowboys, you know? No one else matters from here on out. <laughs> no, I mean, they won the first two Super Bowls. And then there's that Favre Super Bowl. I remember actually Family Guy. It means a lot to me because that's the Super Bowl they lost to the Broncos. Okay. Uh, Wait, is that the Family Guy where he was like, no showboating? No, they they <laughs> premiered. They just showed the first episode. It has nothing to do with the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, They okay, just okay. premiered on Fox. Okay. And I was super fucking depressed and didn't know what to do with myself after <laughs> Green Bay. Because the year before, they had miraculously underdog, as a great underdog story, yeah. and they won the Super Bowl. And Favre had that, like, 99-yard pass or whatever, like the Hail Mary yeah. that won the... Like, it's fucking... It's like stuff that happens in movies and you're like... Yeah. That wouldn't happen in real life. You're like, the credits just rolled. (laughs) (laughs) The game's not over yet, but the credits just rolled. Right, right. (laughs) And, like, all the seasons before that, they'd always get into the wild card and get knocked out a lot of the times by the 49ers. uh, (laughs) And fucking... And it'd be some bullshit where, like, they called them a fucking foul where there was no foul... Or they called them, like, uh, you know, with three minutes left and they're driving for a touchdown. They they called someone out of bounds when in, and if the replay rule would have been in effect they would have would have been fine, it yeah. Yeah. anyways 
<laughs> it was a big thing for me. And that was when I was obsessed with football. So I, and that, that's the moment where I stopped being into sports and started, you know, comedy was, yeah. which all through my life is the only consistent thing that's ever yep. been around. Yeah. Comedy's never, as much as it's abused me. Uh, it's, it's the greatest. It's never left. Oh man. I still love going to comedy shows too. But like, what I was going to say about going back to that journalism thing and yeah. how it's all bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a, I, you know, I'm technically a journalist, but I, I more associate myself with being, you know what? It's, uh, like calling yourself a Christian, that thing. Oh, yeah. I don't call myself a comedian. I do comedy. That's my Twitter name. And people, you know, like, yeah. it's a fine Twitter name, whatever, but it's very specifically chosen because Tony does comedy, mm-hmm. not Tony Bartoloni comedian. <laughs> you know, I am not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to define myself Yeah. with that restricting. I'll do comedy. I'll write. I'll write. A yeah, film you can review. call me a comedian if you want. I don't even like calling a review an essay. I'll write a <laughs> essay is scholastic, so I don't like. I'll write a thing. I'll write a fucking thing. A blurb. A blurb. That's the problem with rejecting labels is because if you get so abstract, then you have no communication. Yeah. So there has to be a balance. With, it helps have a bigger vocabulary, I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but yeah, comedy is the only. There are the people that stick to their guns. Mm-hmm. Fucking John Stewart is the realest news, and it's the fake news. Yeah, that I I was trying to think. Last of week tonight, what, have you seen that? Oh, it's great. It's yeah. so good. It's it's journalism. It's not comedy anymore. They've it's crossed both. the line. It's both. Well, it's both, right? <laughs> but they've crossed the line into fucking pure journalism, journalistic integrity that hasn't. They're doing yeah. what the newsroom tried to do. You know? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw the. First season, I think. The first season's good. The last season's good. The second season, not so good. Okay. But watch it all. It's all (laughs) worth watching, for sure. Yeah. Um, I love that show. It's cool. Anyways, um, I love that Don Quixote thing that's in the first season they Uh, talk about. Like him and the manager, like the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they first are starting out. Okay. And of course that clip. God, it's so brilliant. The viral clip they released before the show, it's like seven minutes of why is America the greatest country? <laughs> God damn it, what a beautiful fucking piece of writing and just like, whoa, fuck. <laughs> uh, it's not the greatest country in the world. You idiots. It obviously isn't. <laughs> oh, dude, Bernie Sanders was on uh, Late Show. Colbert. Oh, I gotta watch that. Yeah. It's so. Yeah. I won't even spoil it. It's just. No, I'll it's, watch it. It's really good. I'll watch it. And it's free online. Like they, I'm a they huge have, um, Sanders supporter for sure. He's great. Feel the burn. Feel the burn. <laughs> burn down for what? That's my favorite. Uh, but yeah, it's comedy is integrity. There's not. And don't get me wrong, there's also the fucking Hollywood bubblegum pop yeah. element in within comedy. Mm-hmm. There's fucking Gabriel Iglesias and I mean some of these people Carlos Mencia and fucking yeah. even like Pete Holmes who's I think has a ton of integrity yeah he is a careerist you know mm-hmm. definitely you know, oh he like likes, to, to he be likes in, it, money. in it forever and I don't think he's ashamed of that either yeah. 
but he likes show business. He likes the business part as much as the show part. Mm-hmm. And he's a ham and fucking whatever. But he has integrity about his art. You know, he doesn't compromise his art. Yeah. For money and stuff. He, he's he's there he to make figures, people laugh. He figures out a way to do both. Yeah. Whereas like, a step further into artistic integrity is Pepitone. And then here's the thing: you get into that. It's like the almost famous line. The, the I haven't seen that movie. Still. You haven't seen Almost Famous. Yep. It's my favorite movie it's, of all time. It's one of those movies that passed me by growing up. Right. I, it was huge for no, me growing up. No rated R movies in our house. That's what I it became was. a man to... But it's, I, I've had enough time. I know I've had enough time so to is, see it by now. I just... Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I had the same yeah. thing. I've never seen... I, I haven't seen a lot of horror movies, a lot of great... Yeah. I watched the... I remember I watched The Graduate. It was rated PG. Graduate? Yeah. Is R. Is it? There's boobs and bush okay. in that. I know there is. No, I, s- I swear to God. And I had the VHS, and it was rated PG. And it was when the rating system was different. Oh. I don't even think there was an R rating. Yeah. And it was at this video store that had the tapes from when they originally came out. Yeah, dude. Um, so, so you're yeah, like, PG? So, so okay. yeah, my mom yeah, looked that, at it. That movie's and pretty PG. tame. Like, yeah. yeah, there's just that one yeah. little, I mean, you know, adult, <laughs> adult con. But yeah, PG used to be like, there was like G and there was PG yeah. or whatever. I don't know the specifics, but <laughs> the rating system. There was have been G, PG. I think there was went from PG to R probably, and then X. I don't know that there <laughs> was an R. Was there? I don't know. Restricted. There's, I'm sure that for like way slasher films, like someone's getting killed in every scene. Or right, but I mean like shit, like that didn't exist back then. That's true. They, those movies would just not be made. Have you seen the documentary, This Film Is Not Yet Rated? Brilliant. I <laughs> so love that good. documentary, yeah. For, ever with since I watched that, I was like, Matt's, okay, the so part there's... with Matt Stone. I, uh, it's been a while since I've watched it. Trey but, Parker or Matt Stone. I think it's Matt... Fuck, I always get him confused. But, uh, yeah, after I watched that movie, I was like, oh, it's not consistent. Oh, it's just a bunch of people who Kevin like, Smith. <laughs> Kevin Smith beat it with Zack and Mary. That one, They wanted to give that a NC-17. Oh, it yeah. It was Zack and Mary or Red State. I can't remember which. But, I think Zack and Mary. But yeah, so he fucking went and he won the petition, which yeah. like in that movie, no one wins the petition. Like, <laughs> yeah. And and the crazy thing is, it's all priests and shit. It's all fucking. <laughs> yeah. It's all the patriarchy and, and people Christian, who like don't have kids that are oh, right, kids right, right, yeah. today. That shit's like. so great. Because then he submitted it for. He made this. He, oh God! Watch this film is not rated. It's great. Yeah. It's brilliant. It was on Netflix, but I don't know that it is on streaming right now. Yeah, that's but when I watched it when it was on Netflix. Yeah. Digging up, yeah, I watched it right when it came out. My friend made a bootleg for me. I shouldn't even say that. More evidence no. to indict me. Um, he didn't sell it to me. He just gave it to me. That's technically legal. Yeah, that's true. The sale is prohibited. Again, one way. That's one way I make money work for me. It's like, oh, you just give it away for free. That's like at my show. We have free alcohol. It's not illegal. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the sale they do, of they do that at Nerdmelt too. They're, yeah. they're like, yeah, there's it's we the booze cruise. We do tickets, but they're just mostly so people don't throw up. You know, drink themselves <laughs> so silly. Yeah, so there's just some formality to it. I don't know. Yeah, if you pay for a show, and it work. It's crazy how well that works. Yeah. Oh, well, the show's free, too. Oh, Everything's okay, yeah. free. I, I believe in... I have, like, such a... Stu- you, did you read that Alex Hooper thing? Now I'm going to start calling people out. Alex uh-uh. Hooper? No. <laughs> no, I love Alex. Uh, I think he's a, he's a, he's a good comic, and um, the thing he wrote is thought-provoking and definitely a 
point of view. About, like, about things being free. And it was about comedy shows being free in L.A., and you, they shouldn't be. Like, you should at least charge five bucks. And mm. he made a good point. Fugazi, there's a thing, Fugazi, Fugazi will charge five dollars. That's, like, they're, like, the face of artistic integrity in music because they they wouldn't, they refused to do an interview with uh, tobacco or or alcohol okay. ads and yeah. Rolling Stone wanted them to do an interview because like, they didn't want to like and promote like, themselves well, as like oh. yeah they were straight edge yeah. and he said do an ad it probably not even they probably didn't even want to do ones with sexual like sexual ads mm-hmm. like overly yeah um, anyway yeah they just had integrity but even they five bucks a it show it was five bucks for their show That's so awesome. like but the thing with LA comedy is it's a showcase town. It's not <laughs> yeah. it's not like people people are not coming to watch comedy in LA. Sometimes. Which, sometimes they are. Some shows I've found Sure, sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And there's people who need that. Like I need to watch good comedy to keep doing good comedy. Otherwise I'll get into you know, I'll get into myself too deeply and yeah. and fucking be jerking off in front of people. You know, it becomes a it becomes a fucking nudie booth. Which with me, no one wants to go into a nudie booth and see me masturbate. I it should be the, I should be paying for you know what I mean. And the whole time you're just going, it's comedy. Get it? Get it? I get hey, the big finit. Wait until you see the closer. But comedy is is the integrity in art, and that's why I'm so staunch on not charging, because uh, I think, I mean, it's my it's me giving back in some some arrogant way again, like the Dan Harmon thing. Yeah. But it is like, and I would not, I won't go to a show where I have to pay, because yeah. I don't, I I make 150 <laughs> bucks a month. And between my bus pass and my my uh, Two phone bills. bill, yeah. that's 140 bucks. Yeah. And then I also got the dentist bill, the which is gonna turn into debt. And my mom's co-signed, so I can't do that to her. Yeah. It's a responsibility to another person. Yep. Uh, so fucking I can't. And there's a lot of free shows around too. And yeah, and there's quality shows, which. Good heroin. Have you been to that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was gonna say. So oh, good. Holy fuck! I hate to even bring it up because. For years, I would just tell everyone. I would pound people over the head. You gotta go to Holy Fuck. It's the best show in town. There's no fucking doubt about it. And for my money, which is none, it is. It was a free show. Uh, and when it, I had a hard time when that show ended, because okay. I would go. I hadn't, I every hadn't week I wasn't doing something on Tuesday night. I would be there for sure. Yeah. I would hit a mic. I do like rock paper tribal, then go to Holy Fuck. And then they started doing the Lexington after, so I could hit a mic before and after. Nice. And it was really easy to hit those. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Holy Fuck was the best. Yeah. Uh, and it was free, and it, it had a punk kind of feel of, like, Brouhaha's this is just a bunch free, of teenagers right? putting on yeah. the show. Even though Dave, Dave Ross is, like, 30, you know. Yeah. Uh, Brouhaha. I mean, I've never been to Brouhaha, and I love backyard shows. So yeah, I, I need to go check it out. I I went, I went to, to stand up and dance, which I, is I went to Brouhaha one time, like the but the show had already ended. But oh, people yeah. were hanging around, and I was like, yeah. oh, this is a cool. It's like I a backyard vibe. There's a house. I was supposed to go. No, I think it was. We have a hammock. It's actually a funny <laughs> story. That I. The show is called We Have a Hammock. Mom, turn off if you're listening. <laughs> Turn it off now. 
No, because <laughs> what ended up happening, I was meeting Madison Shepard, who I didn't know at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a local comic. Okay. Um, actually, I did. I had met her once, but I didn't connect the two. Yeah. She just told me recently that I had met her before. <laughs> I was probably drunk. Um, Mom, turn off. Turn it off. <laughs> so what happened is I was meeting her to get a TV. By the way, this thing's like ten hours. Or... <laughs> it's just over Do two. Do you edit it? No, the only part I edit is like, in- just like the, the intro part, so that it's just like right when we get yeah, in the yeah. room, and then if anyone's like, hey, could you take the part out about that I said about whoever or whatever. Have then... you done a two-part episode? Yeah, um, but only one time. Now so, we're getting really like. <laughs> this is fucking. Um, what do they call it? Meta? Meta. Yeah. <laughs> Peeling back the fourth wall. Uh, yeah, I but, did a two part episode one time. It ended up being like two hours, 45 minutes. And then I was like, you know what? If people are going to listen to it, they'll listen to it. And if they don't, yeah. that's fine. You see how I changed the subject to not tell the story that I didn't want my mom to hear? <laughs> yeah. How I cleverly diverted attention away from myself. It's uh, so okay, you don't have to finish that story. That I did acid one time. <laughs> Do you know Jem Tagati? Uh, I don't know. Maybe if I saw. He's um, like, he's yeah. just, he's just like this. Jim. You said Jim. 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 G E M. Okay. Like the movie that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like an '80s. It's a weird. Oh wait, Jim and the Holograms. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah, they made a movie. It looks so bad. It looks like a, like you know. Movies Apparently, Molly Ringwald's they, in it. Sometimes movies are so bad they look like softcore porn. <laughs> like the dialogue's that bad that you expect people to start fucking. Do you think it's tongue in cheek? Do you think they? Because uh, eighties like. There's a possibility, but it looks stupid. Bringing like, bringing uh, something from the eighties that used to only be a cartoon. But there's a style to do it in. Yeah. And it doesn't look like that stuff. You know what I mean? Like. Like, it doesn't look like it has a, a, a vision or whatever. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. It just looks like... It's just there to entertain for nostalgia. And, yeah. For, like, for people to be like, oh, yeah, I remember Gem and the Holograms. I'll see that. It looks kind of funny. Yeah, it really bothers me is, like, these people who get praised for their visions, uh, <laughs> like Tim Burton or um, these visionary film directors, like <laughs> Julie Taymor. Oh, fucking Schumacher... Oh. Joel Schumacher, Michael Bay, these fucking bloated assholes who are just money grubbing their way to fucking. They're just robbing the poor and giving to the rich. They're opposite Robin Hoods. They're fucking the sheriff of Nottingham. They're Batman and Hoods. They, you know. Get it? And people say, well, what's wrong with making money? They're, what'd you say? You said they're opposite Robin Hoods. Yeah. I said they're Batman Hoods. Yeah. That's bad. Uh, never repeat oh, that. I get it. I got it. <laughs> nope. It was too dumb. The boy, boy blunders. The boy blunders. Uh, we're so stupid. Why are we like That's the other thing I was going to say is is it a decision to, like, comi- I was talking about comedy sticking to its gun? Because here's oh, what happened. Oh, to start doing Journal- comedy or? Huh? Decision. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. That, and that's the almost famous quote. Uh, is mm. he says, and he starts it off because he's playing Lester Bangs, the rock critic, okay. who's kind of like the first real rock critic who's like, 
like Rolling Stone magazine yeah. is less is like a take on Lester Bang. And mm. you know, like, I mean Hunter S. Thompson definitely contributed to that, Gonzo okay. journalism and stuff. Yeah. But like uh, yeah, so he starts off he, he would write I it's, it's impossible to read for me because he'll write it'll be one sentence, it'll be like two pages. <laughs> like it just keeps going like it's so many, just so, no economy of words, for sure. It's just like, fucking, here's words, 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 words. It's, it's like, like the original draft original draft of On is, the Road. It, but it's as good, yeah. And I, I tried reading that. I got pretty far into it, and I, I lost it. I don't know what happened. To, maybe I lost it Much like he did. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read it. Uh, that movie's pretty decent, by the way, the one they put out a couple years ago. Called, it was one of the first it, movie or, reviews they ever did uh, on the road okay um anyways also uh, kill your kill your darlings is pretty good that's a movie, better movie. another movie yeah okay. that's uh the guy in that is playing someone huge fuck who's he playing god damn it he's playing like like uh howard Hughes. james dean he's playing james dean <laughs> he's playing james dean in a movie with yeah. uh uh fucking harry potter what's his name oh you know what movie i'm talking about no, but uh, there's a movie with Daniel Ratcliffe. That him, that's him. And Ratcliffe, <laughs> Ratcliffe plays a photographer. He had James Dean and him have the. And it Wait, looks, Kill Your Darlings? I have heard of it. Kill Your Darlings is uh, he plays their he plays Jack Kerouac's fan, friend. I'm trying to think who plays fucking. Um, oh God. Jack Kerouac. <laughs> no, there's Jack Kerouac and uh, William S. Burroughs. Okay. I can't think of who plays William S. Burroughs, but it's someone... Someone will look it up. They'll find out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's a young, good actor. Okay. That's pretty... Peter known. Sarsgaard. I think he might be in it, actually, but he plays some, He plays like a professor. I don't know. That's an awesome one. I was just right on. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah Peter Sarsgaard. There's, there's movies where I haven't seen it, but I've seen the trailer like one or two times, and I can tell you what it's about, who's right, in it, right, right, yeah, yeah, who's yeah. in it, and like, I, around when it came out. I remember I used to fake having seen Pulp Fiction, because I knew all the hot quotes from it, and so I'd have full conversations in college. Oh yeah, the part where, and I'd seen the diner scene, so I'd always get to yeah, the like diner Ezekiel scene. Ezekiel 1017. And I knew, I knew like factoids about it, and all this shit, and like fucking, I'd have full on group conversations where I'd yeah. just jump in with info and fucking... And they, they, like, thought I was more a fan of the movie than they were. I was just fucking going off the knot, you know. I yep. just read about film a lot. Yeah. Anyway, um, I've seen Pulp Fiction a bunch. It's it's one of those movies that's hard to watch because it's been so... Uh, yeah, ingratiated into, like, yeah, it's like, other media references to it. Right, and like, yeah. Um, I need to watch it again. It's like uh, Mike Lawrence says he doesn't like Star Wars because he watched Spaceballs first. <laughs> Like this is just unfunny spaceball. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's kind of that thing. Like I'd seen the Simpsons episode take on it and all that shit. Dude, my, I still haven't seen Reservoir Dogs. My, uh, it's good. It's really good. My, but the Simpsons take on that. I knew the Simpsons before seeing Reservoir Dogs, and so I knew so, yeah, the, that Stuck the in the, the Middle was gonna come year. on yeah. <laughs> around that time. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I had seen this scene in, like, a film appreciation class. I see, see, that's the thing. I've seen most of the movie in yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Big Lebowski is one of the worst, because there's, like, the, 
Lebowski conventions and bowling tournaments. And <laughs> it's like, fuck, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Like, one of the best movies ever made, I would say. <laughs> but, fuck, you guys ruined it. Like, Mad Max. <laughs> I hated Mad Max. Really? Fury Road? Yeah, and but I had saw it when it was out for four weeks. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy, to a lesser extent, I really enjoyed. But yeah. You know, there was something taken away from it. I saw Mad Max opening day, and I was just like, so amped. <laughs> I was like, yeah, if we get this into movie Max, is amazing! <laughs> we get into Mad Max, that shit. I, uh, the, people are like, like, like Keith Carey, who I'm, I'm very friendly with, and, uh, you know, we're kind of buddies. Uh, he, he would, uh, he just couldn't have a conversation with me about it. Like, he'd just get so angry. And I think, and I think, uh, nothing against because Keith of opinion, anyone. just differ differing of opinion. Basically, but I think it's because I make good points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if someone's not angry and they're able to have a conversation with you, it's probably because you don't have an argument. <laughs> but I, I think I have a pretty good. I mean, I just didn't connect with the movie. There's it didn't, it didn't thrill me. I wasn't emotionally invested. Yeah. I think it's a bad movie, <laughs> or at, at, at least mediocre is my argument. Like it's a mediocre. I mean, it's an action movie. Action movies generally aren't great movies. Uh, yeah, I, I, man, I just, I, I liked how all the stuff was practical and like how it was still. See, but like it was like I hate the word stylized. That's like a buzzword. They use it around Michael Bay films a lot. Mm-hmm. And that movie was like because every time something like I think the fights were like slightly sped up, mm-hmm. like the film was sped up. Yeah. yeah. And that just took me out. I was like, why is it? And fast forward. Did I hit fast forward? Like, what the fuck's going on? And they just take all these things, all these little things like that. And then, like, this so cheesy. Like, I was already struggling to get into the movie. But then, like, like the part where she falls on her knees and is like, no. Like, oh, when there's no more green place? Right. It ruined the realest movie, or the realest, the realest <laughs> moment like emotionally story wise in the movie is that part and I, I was like I was starting to get emotionally invested and then she goes on her knees and was like no and I'm like oh fuck did she say no no I don't know she did she looked up <laughs> I think up. she was just wailing and like yeah because it was a moment that like I was like no one has ever done that in real life in the history of time <laughs> I've done like, that whenever I think I'm going to get a strike and then it fucking that one pin is left. But it's the same thing. Did you do it after you saw movies? You know? Nope. I there's came this, up with it on my own. There's this great... <laughs> there's this great conversation in a... In a my favorite Closerman novel is his least successful novel commercially, which maybe says something about me. I don't know. But it's... No, it's because it's his most personal movie. That I mean, his most personal book. Yeah. It's called Killing Yourself to Live and it's him driving around... Um, visiting rock star death spots. Oh. Uh, it ends with Kurt Cobain in mm-hmm. Seattle, and he's very honest about it, and it's really great. Um, uh, there's this there's this great fucking scene in it where he's in the... I would talk about it like it's a movie, it's a book. Yeah. This is a great scene. <laughs> well, when you re- read books, you can see brain. it in your mind. Right, yeah. So, yeah. So he's at... He falls in love with his waitress. They fall in love is a very <laughs> loose term here. Like, it's like one of those... You fall in love looking at someone on the bus. Yeah, or, uh, in yeah. A cafe I've been there. Or, We've all right? been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the you way, see I, that person. I, you're I'm like, surprised I didn't bring wow. up your marriage. Your failed, <laughs> your failed marriage. Yeah. There's nothing funny in success. There's nothing funny about a couple who love each other. There's nothing funny about. 
Uh, a couple that never fights ever. There's nothing funny. You're right, yeah. There's nothing funny about not having pain, you know? Like, yeah. nothing funny about that. Uh, yeah, dude. Oh, man. that Yeah, but that was the stepping stone to just be like... The, the divorce was well, a that, definite dividing that's line. That's one of those things that wakes you up, right? If I'm not... Oh, yeah. Speak. No, yeah. yeah. It, it completely made me go, okay, what the hell is going on? I gotta fucking do this and this and this. Yeah. I need to move out to LA. I mean, like, I, I know those moments well. And it's, it's so weird that I realized when I was seven, my dad died. When I was 17, my, my mom got remarried mm-hmm. and led to me leaving the, my home where I, I... I lived there from when I was born to 22, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. And it was also... Uh, yeah, so anyways, it was this... We put this thing in motion. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> seven, my dad died. 17, stepdad moved in. Yeah. And 27, I was homeless. I became homeless. Oh. So it's like every perfectly ten, every 10 every years. Every 10 years. <laughs> yeah. On the sevens. I am I'm, dreading I'm 37, but Dude, I got some time. And 37 is such a huge number for Kevin Smith. Oh, is it? What was that? It was uh, f- started at Clerks. Remember when he was like, how many dicks have you sucked? <laughs> oh, 37. 37. Is that including me? Dicks. Oh, man, we start getting these number of things. Try not to suck anyone's dick on your way out. <laughs> you way through the parking lot. Get back here! Hey, come back. The guy leaves. What a great... That movie is... Yeah, that's a huge influence on me. I love the... Just Although, the... like, I do have to admit, when I when I watched, started watching Woody Allen movies, I couldn't watch Kevin Smith for a while, because oh. it just seems so derivative. <laughs> but it's A not. lot of dialogue. Well, it's like... mostly chasing Amy. It's like... Okay. Manhattan, Annie Hall, and Chasing Amy. Like I haven't seen uh, the only Wooden Allen. Wow, Wooden Allen. The only the Woody- Wooden Allen movie. Wooden Alley. Wooden, wooden Alley. That's like it's like Kirstie Alley made out of wood. She's a wooden statue. Yeah, Kirstie yeah, yeah, Alley yeah. That talks. Yes. Like yells. It's like in the town square. And, it's and like, yeah, well, they make movies about. Do it. not slow down. <laughs> Stop at the red light. I don't know. It just yells rules. They make movies about Wooden Alley. They're called Alley Cat, Alley Cat One, Alley Cat Two. Alley Is that Cat. true? No. Okay. You almost had me. I was like, oh yeah, I'm so naive. I'm so You're like, really? The, that thing I just invented. The one Woody Allen movie I've seen is um, Curse of the Jade Scorpion. Oh, that's the, which that's the only one I couldn't finish watching. It's not a good representation I of think him. That's I'm hands sure. Down his worst movie. But also like. I then I enjoyed it for what it was yeah. and like I don't know how I, I feel about it now I but I stopped watching it and never picked it up again I still need to see fucking Manhattan and I still need to see Annie Hall you know like, my, when I'm, I, I have like favorites that aren't um, you know the, the main popular ones, ones. Yeah. Uh, Deconstructing Harry Okay. that movie is probably one of the biggest influences on like my like stuff I've written like screenplays and stuff and, yeah. or like uh, you know uh not stand-up comedy net. Although, yeah, like, the shit of, like, starting over and telling I'm bailing on a bit. Like, it's pretty meta, that movie. Yeah, okay. Um, it's about a writer who writes different stories, and all the stories are acted out by the characters in the story. Oh, it's a great cast. Cool. Robin Williams is in it, Billy Crystal, uh, G- uh, George Costanza, was it? Uh, Jason Alexander, <laughs> and Jason Alexander and Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, they play a married They're couple. both in it? If I'm that and North, I think they both 
Do they play a married couple in North, Elijah Wood's parents? Yikes. Uh, they came out. I don't know uh, who know, the parents are in North. I think when it's I, Jason Alexander and Julie Louis Dreyfus, if I'm not mistaken. When I think of North, the parents from North, I think of the parents from Matilda, and it's... <laughs> it's Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, nope, that's different. Which different is a parents. Great movie, by the way. <laughs> uh, Roald Dahl, I'm a huge Roald Dahl. Yeah. Fan. James uh, and the Giant Peach. Which, I mean, like, if you read Roald Dahl, I mean, it's out of it's out in the open because of Fantastic Mr. Fox, but Wes Anderson is heavily influenced, influenced by Roald Dahl. Yeah, I could see that. Formed and influenced, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, because there's something magical in his movies, some storybook element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and you it, don't know where it comes from, but it's, it's Roald Dahl. <laughs> and I'm sure it's from multiple places, but. Yeah. It's like Roald it's a, Dahl meets The Graduate. It's a fun feel. All of his movies, yeah. I've, the way he uses music and tone yeah. is like the graduate <laughs> and uh, the magic storybook creativity is rolled out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, now I feel like I'm... What were we talking about before, right before Woody Allen? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Good tangents, though. No, all tangents. I'm all tangents. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine tomorrow... When I do the roast battle, I don't know when this is coming out, but <laughs> when I do the oh, roast battle tomorrow. This will already have been out. Yeah. Um, oh, you put them out right away like that? Well, no. Uh, wait, you're doing the roast battle tomorrow night. Tomorrow? Okay, yeah, so this will have already come out. Uh, it doesn't oh, matter, but, docs. but like, can you imagine I have to do like tight jokes, and I'm like <laughs> going to be fighting so hard to... like. You know, improvise tag, not improvise tags. Just let the joke fly. <laughs> and it's great. It's a great exercise for me. Like I yeah. said, I need to get more concrete, fucking rehearsed material. This is episode ninety-one, and it's coming out October second. Oh yeah, it won't yeah. be out. What? This? Oh before yeah, this the, won't the be out before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'll you, I'll be a winner or loser by then. <laughs> We'll find no, out. no, no, how'd it go, man? How'd it go? <laughs> oh, it was, I crush. <laughs> uh, still lost, still lost. <laughs> uh, but, You're like, but in my opinion, I did pretty in, damn yeah, good. In my opinion, I, I mean, like, they didn't laugh at anything, but I crushed. You know, they were good jokes. In my mind, I won. Oh, you know, I mean, but, and that's all that exists. <laughs> or does it? Does it? Reality doesn't exist out of their consciousness. <laughs> That's just a fact. That's a fucking fact. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you're not seeing yourself how other people see you. So. No, you're seeing the reflection filtered through your perspective. Which goes back to the, the Philip Seymour Hoffman, almost famous, Lester Bangs, Cameron Crowe quote. Uh, he starts off, it's so great. Like I said, it's just like a sentence that's a page long or yeah. whatever. Here's a theory for you to disregard. I know it, like I'm doing it. <laughs> Tonally and you know it. You know people kind of say I sound like <coughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, and they're yeah, I can see that. That's someone I get. I could visually uh, see how you sound like him. <laughs> you can see my voice. You have a. I can see the sound waves. Disease that yeah. you can see sound waves. It's it, a gift and a curse. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna die. It's terminal. <laughs> but like I think Beethoven had that. <laughs> it's the uh, phenomenon thing. I got that. Like when he was the deaf, he could thing? still see the the waves. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's a terminal illness. <laughs> No one lives past 42, but, you know, Jackie Robinson's number. Anyway, that's probably where I got the 42. I just pulled it up. Yeah. My dad died when he was 39. Philip Seymour Hoffman was like, I'm an absurd uh, person. Good. 
give me, give me. At my best, though, I'm all instincts <laughs> and all tangents and fucking. Those are the best sets I ever have. Yeah. I'm, I'm focused, but flowering. Do you ever go back and listen to a recording with some of the tangents and you're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Those are, when I do a longer set, like if I do 20 minutes yeah. as opposed to a three minute open mic set, yeah. which those are also great because they're so restricting. It's like I have to get out what I need to say. <laughs> yeah. I need to do very specific You feel very sped up and line. you're like, okay, I need to, yeah. But I've done three minute succinct. sets of crowd work and they've been great, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, <laughs> I had an open mic. <laughs> Just fucking, you know, own the room. Yeah. And, and like, a dead room, even. Anyways, I'm a good comedian, you guys. I don't know why you guys... I don't know why I'm not... I don't know why I'm not more circumferent. No, I do. I'm a mess. Anyway. He said, here's a theory for you to disregard. Music. True music. Not just rock and roll. You know, you're listening to your... In your car, or in your headphones, or the vast, scenic, angelic choirs in our brains. I'm hmm. missing something here. But, uh... It chooses you. you know? Yeah. And that's like, like, do you choose to be a comedian? Or, like, do you choose to be an artist? Like, from my perspective, I mean, it's I mean, it's the whole chicken or the egg or uh, nature versus nurture argument, yeah. which has been central in my life, what I was thinking about, is, like, and it's the basis of every political debate, right versus wrong. No, you idiots, there's no... There's no fucking Star Wars. There's no dark and light. Vader's just a dad. He's just a dad. He is just a dad. He's just a dad doing the best he can. And he will kill everyone to get to his son. He's just... He's just yeah, he just loves his son. And you know, as much as that's been fucking... As much as he's a deadbeat dad and he took off on him and, yeah. you know... Whatever. Whatever happened, happened. Things happen. Life is messy. People get hurt. Well, they hid the children so he wouldn't find them. Well, okay, well... I'm not... I'm not... You're a bigger... You're a bigger nerd than I am. I guess in this respect. I need to get into Star Wars before the next one comes out. Because I used to be... Uh, way more into it. If you, yeah. Um, the sequel... I mean, the prequels, like, they killed it. I watched The Phantom Menace and then gave no, up. Yeah. Find, you gotta find the uh, original theatrical of... Oh, yeah, yeah. New Hope and no, I've, Jedi. No, I've watched those recently. I've watched A New Hope especially. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I've done these Star Wars shows. I did two of them on May 4th. Okay. We May did, the 4th be with you. Yeah. So we, I did one in New York and one in Chinatown here in yeah. LA. Um, and the Chinatown one was great. The one in New York was cool, but it was a little smaller and yeah. a little more low-key and a little more haphazard because... I traveled across the <laughs> fucking continent to do it. Uh, you drove out to New York to. I didn't. I don't drive, so I um, and I didn't fly either. I took the Greyhound to Texas. This is insane. We should have talked about this earlier. <laughs> I have actual things. I have actual experiences. Say it. Year. What'd you do? I took the Greyhound from L.A. to Houston, mm-hmm. which was a nightmare. How many hours was that? It's like three day, three and a half days. To get to Houston? Two and a half, maybe. Wow. Close to three days, maybe. Because there's stops along the way. Because there's all these stops. Oh, yeah. and wow. Like, there's half hour lunch stops. And, you know, and, and, and also, we're not going from L.A. to Houston. We're going from L.A. to Vegas. Phoenix, to Phoenix. Yeah. To, 
I don't think we went to Vegas. We didn't go there. But like we Arizona. In Phoenix and a lot. You like to pull, I, I don't think we even stopped in Phoenix. But you know, it's yeah. zigzag. Yeah, yeah. Texas is the worst because you go to all the major cities. Ugh. So we went to like, uh, yeah, like La Cruces was the first. Uh, Las, Las Cruces, uh, yeah. Uh, El, El, uh, El Paso. El Paso. El Paso is the first city in yeah. Texas we hit. It's on the corner. It's um, on the wing. Yeah, and we got we got like the border control came on the bus and fucking uh, you know went through the bus and someone got arrested. Oh no, that was on that was when I went to San Diego. Okay. Someone got arrested on the Greyhound going into San Diego. Same deal with the border yeah. control yeah. patrol and everything. Yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah, and then like there was this. There was this guy who ruined my whole trip, essentially. And I was scared. I was terrified because I was going across the country. I don't travel. I hadn't I hadn't traveled that much yeah. before then. Yeah. Um, you know, I've gone to San Francisco, which is seven hours there and back. Yeah. Um, so, and like Oakland. You know, it's closer place to San yeah. Diego. Uh, <laughs> so Houston. But yeah, so fucking... This guy ruined my whole trip. He's just like a classic redneck, sexist, racist. Yeah. It's like these fuck, these fucking illegals, these fucking illegal wetbacks. He said wetbacks. Yeah, yeah. I'm quoting him. Sorry yeah. for using that hurtful term. And then, and then and then he's like these fucking cops, these fucking assholes. I was like, you can't be against both. You have to be for one or the other. You can't hate. The people who are stopping what you don't like, and the, he's like, he's like a guy saying, I fucking hate immigrants, I hate fucking China, I hate Donald Trump, you just hate everything. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, like, he was just, and then he was mad, and it was really funny when one of the walkie-talkies had this big wire on it, mm-hmm. and while one of the guys reached over, it jabbed him in the eye, she was like lazily slouched on the chair, and the guy... And he deserved it. And they brought the drug dogs on and everything. And that was crazy. And we hit something at some point. Um, and my friend told me... The bus hit something? Yeah, like, a, I think an animal. <laughs> and the buses, because they are they can tip over... Yeah. What they're supposed to do when they hit... When they're going to hit something... If they hit the brakes, the bus will flip over. So and they, they have, have to accelerate? Path, so they accelerate. Oh, wow. And I think wow. that's what happened... No one really talked about it, but it's essentially what happened. I'm writing this, I'm writing a novel about, uh, it's called Born on the Bus. It's about taking the bus around L.A. And, and everywhere. All over the country. Yeah. Yeah. And then from Houston to New York. So then, no, then from Houston, I started taking mega buses. Okay, I've heard of those. And mega buses are discount bus line. They're express buses, so they're faster than Greyhound. They're cleaner than Greyhound. And you can choose, uh, you can choose, like, than Greyhound. the dollar, it's, yeah, the yeah, fares start at a dollar, dollar, yeah. One dollar option if you book far enough ahead of time, advance. yeah. I, I went to the San Francisco for a dollar the last time I went. That's amazing. One fifty with taxes and <laughs> fees and everything. A dollar fifty. so cool. And people were like, you ride the bus? It's like, You're wow, like, well, yeah. you fucking, how much do you pay for gas? Forty bucks? Yeah. Uh, Forty bucks minimum, every other minimum, week. Minimum, yeah. Uh, if you're fuel efficient, forty bucks there and back. Yeah. Uh, buck fifty. Buck fifty. It can't be. It's great. There. I mean, and I they did, have chargers and stuff I did on there. I think seventy right? bucks to get to Portland from there on the Greyhound because the there's no me- over here. The yeah. mega bus just started like a couple years ago. Okay. So it's slowly like they just extended it to Houston, uh, like right before that. Yeah. Um, 
So I took it Houston to New Orleans. Uh, what I would do too, I didn't do fuck with hotels because I I had about six hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, you know that I had made uh, throughout the year and saved up. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. You know, whatever. <laughs> so like I had saved up money from doing gigs, whatever, and uh, you know, um, you know, I pick up. During Christmas, there's a lot of comedy work to do because a lot of people are out of town. Yeah, yeah. And there's so a lot of people need fill-ins for gigs and stuff and pick up shifts. Mm-hmm. So it's, I usually am, you know, and then I blow it all on Christmas presents. <laughs> I anyway. So New Orleans? So then New Orleans, which was great. So I was sleeping on the buses. Yeah. I would take the bus overnight. I would go to a city, spend the day in the city, eat some, eat a local food thing. Yeah. Uh, like I had a barbecue in Houston. It was fantastic yeah and you know I love the little nuances of how they serve different you know it's like it's almost like a cafeteria style uh, <laughs> you know and then they just make the meat yeah. fresh and you like plop some beans down and plop <laughs> some coleslaw or whatever yeah buffet style give it to me I got some uh, pecan pie which was the best pecan pie I've had in my life mm-hmm. and, I, and that's saying a lot because you know my, my, my mom's a great cook and yeah the Italian side of my family is a great cook, and they cook everything, not yeah. just, you know, my mom's Irish, English, and the Italian side, of it, they cook all, they cook pie, like, Thanksgiving is retarded, uh, <laughs> at my house, <laughs> using all these, it's fine, on PC, <laughs> I'm gonna get the, we l- can, they can, they can, we can, I can, and I'm they the can, I'm the guy who hates everything, I'm the, I can sense it, and they can sense that there was no malice behind, uh, yeah, when the you said that, <laughs> It's a group word I grew up with. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Louis C.K. already did this bit. Let's move on. Uh, so, so fucking, I sleep on the bus, show up in yeah. New Orleans. I also decided last minute to bring my laptop, which I kind of regret. Because what I ended up having in New Orleans, I lost my cord. I left it at my friend's house. Uh, <coughs> so I met my friend, which was great. Christina, she's great. Yeah. Uh, she's gonna start comedy. She lives in Portland right now. Sweet. She moved to Portland from New Orleans. Kay. She's from LA. <laughs> she's moving back to do comedy. I'm yeah. pretty excited. Uh, All right. To to hang out with her um, and do comedy with her. Anyways, she <laughs> uh, she let me take a nap, and she was leaving to Portland because she had this gig in Portland. Yeah. So she fucking. Uh, she left me there with two other people who were staying with her who were jazz musicians, French jazz musicians. <laughs> it was a real authentic New Orleans of these traveling yeah, gypsies yeah, yeah. I yeah. stayed with. Not, again, not, I'm <laughs> no. not trying to be insulting. There's no connotation I there. I use gypsy as a as a nostalgic, beautiful word. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of an ex-girlfriend who would be proud of her gypsy heritage. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway. So you uh, were there with the jazz yeah, musicians. Yeah. So I took a nap and it was wonderful. I took a shower for the first time in three days, yeah. uh, and then I fell asleep. And they woke me up. First, we went to a Waffle House, which is big in the South. Yeah. Um, uh, we had a great conversation. French people, political, got into some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we, uh, I crashed out, and they woke me up. My friend left to the airport, and they were like, "We have made food." And like I just ate, it's like magic. And they go, oh, we got beer. And they, they, they have the strawberry beer in New Orleans, and it's like a quarter of beer. It's like it's like a dollar <laughs> fifty for a six pack or something. Like it's crazy. Uh, this is just says like soda with some alcohol. 
yeah, like I mean, flavored. It's, it, I mean, it's not the strongest beer, but it's it's like you know four percent or whatever. It's like mm. Bud Light, or you know, okay. and it's way better tasting and it's a better <laughs> beer than. Yeah, like I don't. It's actually a decent beer. I don't drink myself, but if I did, I think I would go did for you like. Ever drink? Mm-mm. You've never drinking? Yeah. You never even tasted it. Just have chosen to be like, nah. If I yeah, and if I ever did, I think I'd You're go smart. for like pumpkin spice or it's like really, one, <laughs> one of the like flavored. It's overrated. It's a lot of money. A lot well, of money. Not how I do it. <laughs> I actually I only drink when it's free. Yeah. Uh, that's like pretty much how I drink now. Yeah. Every once in a while, buy a drink, but yeah, it is expensive. Yeah, it can get up there, but then also, also like, just to I'm keep a clear to the bar, head, I get like a, a flask or whatever. You know, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not gonna participate in your, in your consumerism. Or whatever. <laughs> I go to a liquor store and buy a two dollar, fucking awful whiskey, mix it with RC cola, if if even that, or just drink it straight. Yeah. Um, I mean, alcohol's getting me, gotten me through sometimes. <laughs> I've never been, like, I have a very addictive personality, mm-hmm. but, like, my worst addiction is, like, gambling. That's, uh, and I've never, I've, I've kind of chosen to stay away from it. Like, yeah, I mean, I've done it, smart. though. I've done it. Yeah. And it's gotten, it gets dark real fast. <laughs> it gets awful really quick. Dude, I imagine it could. But even though, even in that, like, I feel like actual gambling addicts would be like, I fucking... <laughs> I'm dead. I'm, I, lost I sold. My house, I literally you know? sold my arms and legs. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's a, it's a dude like Will Ferrell and the Oblongs. Do you know that reference? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a deep yeah. cut. Uh, he's just a, he's just a torso with a head. Yeah. Who's who played the wife? Um, oh God. Sure. I I want to say it was Alice and Janney, but it's not. It sounds think. a lot like her, like the yeah. voice in the head. I want to say like Kate, Kate, Katie Segal. Yeah. Maybe. It could have... I think it could have been Alice... We're not going to look it up. Anyway, yeah, no. <laughs> you guys look it up, and I'll have look it up after. Have you seen uh, While We're Young? The Ben Stiller? Uh, no, no, no. no. Bomb uh-huh. uh, movie? No. He goes... Uh, wait. Let's just not know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, the, had, I've had that happen in conversation cool, before, like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like... Cool. Yeah. We don't need to know that right yeah. now. It's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm in New Orleans. I, uh... <laughs> I'm not going to go too deep into details. I go from New Orleans to Atlanta. That's where I kind of... I The bus was so late getting to Atlanta because there was, like, hurricane warnings. Oh, wow. There were, like, like, flash floods and shit. So, like, going through, like... I feel like I'm such a piece of shit uh, with geography. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, like... I know that Atlanta... Like, you don't... Do you go? You don't go through Carolinas to get to Atlanta. It's before, so it was yeah. After. It goes Atlanta, like, like, Carolinas, the, and then New York. The timeline is hazy. Yeah. Um, by the way, I didn't drink. I had that beer in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe had two beers like during the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then I left at night. And I had one right when I got there at six in the morning or four. I got there like at four thirty in the morning, and it yeah. was raining, and I had my laptop. That's what I mentioned. <laughs> So I was just like camping out, and then I didn't even know if my friend, because she said she was leaving to Portland, yeah. and she hadn't told me the specific. We hadn't figured out the date. Yeah. So it turns out, like I texted her, and she was leaving at noon that day, and so uh. she rescued me. Like that was, I don't know. Like there's something to be said if you throw your life to the wind. Yeah. There's a joke. <laughs> um, 
this, and it's a dumb, it's a bad joke. It's not a good joke. Okay. Uh, there's these guys talking at a bar, and they're on the, they're on like, the, you know, the, like the 26th floor yeah. of this hotel bar, and the guy's sitting there drinking, and uh, this other guy is sitting there drinking, and they start talking, and the bartender's serving drinks, you know, this classic bar scenario, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hotel bar, little divey, you know, on, on the fucking 26th floor, yeah. and the one guy goes to the other, he goes, hey, windy day, huh? He's like, yeah, it's really windy out there. You know what? I bet you I could fucking windsurf. He's like, what do you mean windsurf? He's like, I mean, I could, I, I could fucking, I, know this joke. I bet you I could jump out the window. <laughs> Fucking take a gust of wind and jump right back in here and not harm a hair on my body. There's bullshit, man. There's no way you could do that. Well, I'm willing to do it if you put 50 bucks on it. It's like, fuck yeah, I'll put 50 bucks. He goes, but I don't want you to do it. He's like, trust me. He's like, fuck it. Dude jumps out the window, gust of wind comes, picks him up, lands safely. He's like, give me 50 bucks. Fucking 50 bucks. Other guy witnessed this. It's like, dude, what the fuck? He's like, he's like, I bet you I can do it again. He's like, there's no way you can do it again. Just put a hundred bucks on it. Next guy puts a hundred bucks on it, does it again. Same thing, Mm -hmm. perfectly fine. And then he goes, why don't you give it a shot? And he's like, fuck. He's like, let me get around to shots. They all do a shot. He's like, just give it a shot. It's like foolproof. I just did it twice. And the guy goes, you know, they're all drinking. The guy goes, well, fuck it. Jumps out the window, splat on the ground, yeah. fucking dies. Uh, bartender says, "Man, Superman, you'd be a real dick when you're drunk." <laughs> so, but it's like, uh, you know, that's a joke. But to throw, to jump out that existential window, Leap throw of faith. your life to the wind. Yeah, the wind will catch you. And that's what I've learned. You know, yeah. from being homeless and stuff, and like. Because I was I was barely homeless, and I was thinking about that when I was on the on the trip. Yeah, I was writing about it, like that. and I chose, you know, I chose to be homeless. But then the same thing, it's like I didn't choose it. It was a series of circumstances that <laughs> yeah. add up to a life, yep. to your entire life experience. That's why I hate that question: How long have you been doing comedy? <laughs> it's like fuck you, man. I've one time I I I. You know, I resolved, not a New Year's resolution, but in the middle of the year, I just decided one day, starting this day, I'm going to do as many mics as possible. And I had just started riding the bus, and I got confused about the schedule. I tried to go to Sal's fucking awful open mic, and I couldn't find it. And then they told me it had closed down, and then I lost my day pass, and I fucking didn't know what other mics to hit. I didn't even have a cell phone at the time. So I, I just went home defeated fucking and that was my fucking doing that was my first day doing every open mic possible. I did zero and went home sad. But you but what's important is that you like you were like, Okay, now I know where Sal's is Or now I I still didn't I still haven't been I still have never been to Sal's. Uh, I I did find out I was at the wrong place, but they had told me, oh, we don't do open mics anymore, and like that I was at the right place that and it closed down. Oh, no, what? It was again. It was like, well, I mean, it was people. They didn't speak English uh, perfectly, so yeah. it was, there was a miscommunication. <laughs> Ugh. 
Sal's anyway. comedy hole. Sal's uh, so, but, like, Italian food or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that, that experience, I can't put a number on it. Yeah. I can't say that I did comedy that day, <laughs> but that was definitely part of the yeah, journey. It's, yeah, I'm, yeah. When I ask that question, it's not for, like, a concrete, like... No, yeah, yeah but, I mean, I, I don't... Because I, I always know I'm there's going to be I, the gray the area. The first question I always ask a comic when I meet him is how long you've been doing Because you have to... Yeah. You, you, and you size people up. Yeah. And like I said, like, I, I think everyone has value in this, like... You're just trying to get an idea from, of where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm it's a, cool to be like, oh, you've been doing it for five years? Me too. Sweet. And I'm a, I'm like, a very difficult person to just reject that knowing it was going to be the very first question of the podcast uh, I just fucking reject that completely but then the other end of that is to fucking I don't know it's like like if you if you're too open minded you don't believe anything yeah right like, yeah, yeah. or like if you like you reject labels too much you can't communicate verbally uh, with yeah. uh, well I'm wearing a shirt is this what this is called? It's not just a bunch of fabric put together. I don't, I don't, I don't call it clothes, man. I just call it coverings. Nothing. I don't, I don't. I call I don't my clothing covering because it covers me. It's like, yeah, it's my body prison because I'm not ashamed of my body, but everyone else is. So you have the shit that means some things to you and shit that means less to you. It's all personal. Yeah. Like again, it's filtered through your perspective, mm-hmm. through your experiences. Um, so it's like, like uh, it's what I'm against is defining it. You know, defining even defining comedy. That Crimmins documentary. Uh-huh. He said, "I hate comedy." He says it on stage, which I've done too. <laughs> I think uh, definitely in conversation between other comics. I fucking hate comedy. <laughs> so it's got you know Scott Black's his shows oh, called yeah. Comedy yeah, Sucks. Yeah. Yep. It's a great title for he, the show. He was on the podcast in oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. way early that. on. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I saw the episode and then I couldn't find it again. I was like, I, well, I saw it in a list and then when I clicked on iTunes, I couldn't find it in iTunes. Oh, I don't know what's going on with the I think maybe you have to go into the ar- archive or something. I don't know. Yeah. Some. Anyway, uh, fuck. It chooses you. It's but, true. But yeah, yeah, I have I have that experience when I went to New York and the the bus the bus was so late and yeah. uh, going getting to Atlanta that I just stood in Atlanta. I didn't even get to try any food in Atlanta. <laughs> I had to wait for the next bus to uh, go that was going to um, Carolinas through the Carolinas. Which yeah, and then there were these hurricane warnings and it was just like people were tossing buckets of rain and it's a double decker bus. I was on the top. What and it's shaking. And it's it was terrifying. There, there was no roof. No, there was a roof. I'm talking about like a, if oh, you look out the window, it just looks still, like yeah, double it looks like a, you're, people were throwing water out. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm saying I'm trying to give a visual representation okay. of what the rain looked like hitting the window. It was like driving through an ocean and just waves hitting oh, the bus and wow. shaking. And I was just ter- everyone's asleep. It's completely quiet yeah. on the bus, and, and like, I'm just like there, like. weather is here right right we don't have weather so like yeah and um you know i can't fucking put a number on that moment uh that experience that's just hardwired into my bones now um and like and then i went to um see atlanta did you bus it back home i'll tell you 
Uh, over to Atlanta to Cleveland. Whoa. Uh, what's that? Cincinnati, Cleveland. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. one of the longer stretches. And then Cleveland to Pittsburgh. And then Pittsburgh to New York. I like Cleveland a lot, actually. <laughs> it was like a, it has, it's like a college town, and they redid downtown. It's like the, a theater district. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And there was like a free concert, and they were talking about, it was supposed to be Lady Gaga, but she canceled, and, but I don't know who replaced her. I never found out. <laughs> and as, as the sun was going down, I had to go catch the next bus. So, like, the concert was getting started, like, they were making announcements, yeah. crowds were gathering, yeah. and I'm walking to the opposite side of town to catch the bus, uh, and, you know, I hear vague, uh, faint... Vague announcements? Music, like, Wait, well, music, oh, yeah. the band tuning up and whatever, and I have no idea, it was like, it's probably like, what's her face, uh, uh, an American Idol chick or something, uh, uh Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was like... <laughs> I'm just leaving on a bus with Kelly Clarkson singing. Uh, since you've been gone. Since you've been since gone. Since you've been gone. Yeah. Since I'm going. <laughs> I will have been... Let me leave first before you sing the song. I haven't been gone but two seconds. So how long did it take to get to New York? Oh, like a week. Uh, six and so you days. knew like a month ahead of time you were doing the show and you... Or, right, and I started planning it yeah. very meticulously, bus to bus, pricing wise, yeah, 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 yeah. sleeping, thinking, keeping in mind sleeping on the bus. I crowd, I crowd, Sourced? I not crowd, um, I, I couch surf. Oh, okay. I couch surfed in um, Pittsburgh. I, that's a great uh, couch was, surfing because it will, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. And then I couch surfed one day in New York. Mm -hmm. It was like kind of by Queens. I don't even know the name of the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but it was a, it was like a free, suburb. Free couch to crash on. And that lady was a nudist, okay. um, which they go hand in hand. Someone who lets people sleep on their couch and is a nudist. What basically the common thread is someone who's very bored with their life. And it was, that was like kind of the worst. The other, the other in Pittsburgh, the couple was really cool, and I kind of hated Pittsburgh. It's real depressing. Yeah. All the factories are shut Mining down. Town, it's like, yeah. like everything, but there's we don't produce anything in this country, so all, everything's shut down. Yeah. And it's like it's like Detroit. You yeah, know? Like ghost town. It's chasing Detroit. Yeah, there's like bears really, and stuff running wild in Detroit. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, heard not, all it's not kinds Detroit. Of... Don't get me wrong. <laughs> What's the other one? Where's the uh, uh, where's the riots? Where um, Ferguson? Oh, um, uh, Huck. Uh, nope, I don't know. Baltimore, right? Is it ba Baltimore? Baltimore, there. I there think there were there was like the the bombings and right. I don't know. Or Boston, damn it! Sorry. No, Boston yep. bombings. Baltimore was the riots. Right? Okay. The the, the guy got shot. And they hit. I don't know. <laughs> Baltimore is where the wire takes place. Uh, Am I crazy? Am I fucking so no, wrong? I think that's right. No, Baltimore yeah. is the wire. Yeah, I think it's Baltimore. So like those yeah. cities that are just fucking failing right now, okay. and flailing and failing. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, that's what comedy is. If we could hit that, note. <laughs> flailing and failing. Yeah. Uh, or I no, failing and, Ross, and flailing. I give Dave Ross credit for saying, uh, like, I asked him, "What do you think is funny?" I interviewed him one of the first comedy pieces I wrote. Yeah. I used to do theater reviews, and then I branched out to doing comedy, yeah. like album reviews, and um, you know, interviews, and uh, then film reviews after. Which uh, Bobcat Goldthwait was the first 
I did a God Bless America. It was the oh, first, cool. and I asked him personally if I could write a review. Yeah. Like permission to write a review, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, Huffington Post already did one. I did one for Huffington, uh, uh, but you could do it." I was like, "Mine will be different." Mine will be different. <laughs> and I couldn't even get in touch with him after that for the PR people to get photos, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it just ran without photos. <laughs> Anyways, it's broken into film reviews and stuff. <laughs> Been to film festivals down, interviewed uh, yeah. people, whatever. But you said Dave Ross, you... He said, the funniest thing is falling. Someone falling down. <laughs> and then I analyzed that further. He's like, it's depressing to think that I could never write a joke as funny, no matter how funny I ever am. As funny as someone falling down? Falling down is the funniest <laughs> thing that ever exists. That's why like people like... People like fucking Jim Carrey are infinitely... I remember Chris Rock was on Leno one time, and he said... Uh, they, he was named Funniest Man in America by, like, Some whatever magazine people or, or yeah, yeah. the variety, whatever. Life. It was, it was uh, I think it was National Geographic's. That's, like, that seems super... That's, like, borderline racist, just because of what the, the picture... All right. Good housekeeping. Good, good housekeeping, housekeeping magazine named Chris Rock. <laughs> uh, funniest man alive. Funniest man in America. And uh, he said, I'm eh, not. No. Jim Carrey's the funniest man in America. <laughs> and it's true. Jim Carrey and now Will Ferrell takes up the mantle. Yeah. They are the... Because it's physical. Yeah. It's without words. It's the same thing I'm going back to, like, where there's a freedom to be without words. It's, and, like, it's very... It goes back, way back to, like, vaudeville and, and like, even, all that stuff where it's, right. like... Goop, 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 like Pratt falls and like right but even even within wordy like even within stand up like if you watch uh, someone like Bill Hicks yeah. and at the time he really started it, it's one of the things how he changed comedy he paused he let there be silence yeah and let that fucking because he was fearless you know yeah and that was something he changed because silence is dead it's dead air you know <laughs> But he always, if you watch him, he feels the silence. Like, he'll take a drag of a cigarette or take a drink or, yeah. like, be breathing. And you could feel, you could feel <laughs> the tension there. Like, you know, that's like, it's an old theater rule. Like, if there's silence, it better be filled with something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, like, like uh, you know, like, uh, falling, why is that the funniest thing ever? And, and what I realized, and this is when I'm starting to become homeless and shit, is the funniest thing that exists is failure. Like, the, it's the opposite of, there's yeah. nothing funny about success. Yep. Failure is the funniest thing. Also, <laughs> the root of all art. The root yeah. of all art yeah. uh, is failure. You know, like, you failed as a human there's being. so much rejection. So you have to be an artist, yeah. you know. Like, you don't fit in the world. So you, and I, that's, you know, that's how I, that's the, the Henry Thoreau thing is like, like, that's how I live my life with I don't, I reject, you know, that you have to have a car in L.A. Like, I, uh, well, you, yeah, you're, pro you're proving it. Yeah. that you don't, <laughs> and, you know, as frustrating as it might be, yeah. but way, way less frustrating than owning and operating a vehicle, for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. 100% bar none. If it's not a car payment, it's insurance. If it's not insurance, it's a ticket. It if it's not a ticket. Down, maintenance. Yep. Gas prices. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, Yeah. It's it's insane. It's insane amount of stress, traffic, fucking. I avoid all of that, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm I'm living because of it. You know, like I'm, I walk to Nerd Melt from here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's. I love uh, walking to a show or mic and like yeah. being in your head a little bit and like, yep. like just having like this physical activity to keep your body going, yeah. like keep blood pumping while you're totally wrapped inside of yourself. Is yeah. they say they always say like doing things with your hands helps creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah, and also like this this traveling I've done, you get in an airplane. The little Louis C.K. line is, uh, they used to take months and years, and you were whole people would die, and you put a, a stick and put, your, put their hat on it. Right, right, right. But his line is, now it, now you, you, watch an Adam Sandler movie and take a big running dump, and you're there. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's it. That's it. Uh, and but yeah, it's like time travel. I and that's so much of our lives now. Yeah. And that movie Click. I saw him It's brilliant. It's a Adam Sand. It's a dumb Adam. Sand- I used to say it's he like he fast a- forwards past like bad parts or something, and then he misses right, the yeah. life it's, that it's he fast like, forwarded it's, past. It's like it's a wonderful life. It's a modern take on it's a wonderful life. Okay. I used to say it's like Eternal Sunshine for stupid people, uh, <laughs> because it's it's very similar. Where like the first parts or that movie jumps around. It's, who who has so- the remote? Is it Christopher Walken? Christopher no, no, Walken, no, who no. Gives Adam, oh, Christopher Walken gives him the remote. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end they even reveal, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything because it's an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Spoiling an Adam Sandler movie is going to an Adam Sandler movie. That's how it's spoiled. Anyway, I love Adam Sandler. I don't want to talk his shit. Uh, maybe it's because he's becoming one of these. Mickey Mouse has become a cow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so at the end. So so fucking uh, yeah. He, he, they reveal that he's a guardian angel, which they shouldn't have done. That Adam Sandler was no, the whole no. time? Christopher Walken. Oh. Uh, over and Adam then, Sandler? No, actually, the twist is he's an angel of death. What? But I think that was just a joke. <laughs> it's a it's a sloppy movie. It's a, it's a shitty movie still. But for me, I mean, on a personal level... It's a Wonderful Life is my dad's favorite. Was my dad's favorite movie. Dude, I watch and it every Christmas. I, I watch it quite a bit. Um, sometimes I'll watch it, like, outside of Christmas. It's just, <laughs> yeah. And it's depressing to me a lot too. Tears. It's a, it's a heavy movie. Um, anyway, I, the time I remember watching it, like the most, where I was just encapsulated by it, I was holding on to it. Was I, I went through a rough breakup right right at Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. Like right before Christmas, we broke up, and we're still like, there's still tension yeah. and whatever. And then I remember on Christmas after my fam, after my family was over my mom's, and I was upstairs watching It's a Wonderful Life on YouTube in like six Segments. parts yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and then people would be like, "Where's Tony?" I'd hear him from downstairs, <laughs> and then I fell asleep up there. Like I just did not, I could not yeah. handle it. Yeah, um, and I was just diving into that movie it was so depressing it's still like I still like it re uh, reinvigorates some of that heavy depression in me it's yeah. hard to watch now you know? yeah dude uh, it, it it's was, a he- it's a heavy movie he's yeah, like really he's like fuck this life I'm gonna kill myself but that's, <laughs> and then what, that's what so what click the thing with click yeah. is he he starts fast forwarding and then the technology takes over and it, it memorizes what he likes to watch and what he doesn't. Uh, so then it starts fast-forwarding. Past moments that he past, maybe wanted to watch. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he's like an old man, and his kid is fucking grown up, and, like, his dad's dying. Henry Winkler, oh, my God, Oscar-worthy uh, performance in that movie. Like, he's... Gr- and there's this scene... 
Came out like the, ten years ago. Like he says, he loves him, and he's watching it in the past. Yeah. So he's watching himself very much. It's a wonderful life with yeah. Christopher Walken there. Yeah. And he, uh, the, the the reason the Christopher Walken thing doesn't work, and a couple other parts is because it's a it's there's two kinds of Adam Sandler movies, right? There's Billy Madison. And there's well, Punch Drunk Love. Billy Madison. No, that's the P.T. Anderson. That's not that. <laughs> That doesn't fact. That doesn't fit in quite. Uh, no, it's 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 you know. There's Happy Gilmore and there's Billy Madison. There's uh, Little Nicky and there's The Wedding Singer. Yeah. There's movies that are realistic and take place yep. in this realistic world we live in, and then there's movies that are batshit crazy yeah. and weird and funny. Yeah. Uh, I think and but so this was a combination where it was this f- fantastical idea yeah. in this realistic, very grounded reality. Mm-hmm. And that's why it doesn't work completely. But did you see Stay Tuned? The old yeah. That's the uh, G- G- what's his name? Uh, John Ritter. John Ritter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like that's a that's great to watch now because of all the things they're parodying, like Wayne's World, Wayne's Wayne's Underworld. What yeah, is it? I think so. I don't know. Yeah, but it was that's like. But it's like close that's up, a dark, extreme it's hot a, poker close it's up. It's a dark comedy. It's a really silly, stupid movie. Yeah. But it's about like going to hell or something. Yeah, like and that. he's like stuck yeah. in these channels that don't exist, only on their hell cable right. box. <laughs> I gotta watch that again. It, dude, yeah, it's it's pretty good. I've watched like clips on YouTube recently. <laughs> I I used to love that movie when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, the one reason I loved that movie because I was like, wow, they have so many channels. Oh, right, right. No, so I had, we channels. never had cable. Also, so yeah, it was it was great for that reason. I remember. They keep changing the channel, but like it changes around him. Like I remember, a lot, I just saw Schlesinger at the store the other night. Yeah. And she said, "We've been so homogenized uh, as a generation. We all had Nickelodeon and Starbucks." And I was like, "I didn't have Nickelodeon, you know." <laughs> And that's the thing. That's oh, that's a huge thing. People talk of generations. Yeah. Um, as a collective, it's the same thing. Like you can't put yourself in a group. It doesn't. You can't let that define you. Yeah. It because it won't. It essentially, just is. It just turns into garbage because. Yeah. How how like uh, I used to think I was Generation Y, and now I'm a millennial for most, some reason. Well, most right, 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 right. But most people are the exception and not the rule. You know, when you when you start talking to individuals, it's like hippies. People hate hippies. But if you start talking to hippies, they're usually like really well educated, like creative, interesting, like hipsters. Now, I guess is the fucking modern. But like hipsters, like John John Roy has a great bit about it hipsters he's like i don't get this war against hipsters it's not brave like the hipsters aren't fucking literally like you know they they act like he said uh his line is like it's not bonnaroo it's some other festival yeah bonnaroo 2005 lost my brother there it's like and then the other line i remember is, you got a problem with she and him you got a problem with me and him <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. hipsters are picking fights with people, <laughs> you know. But he's yeah. like, no, they're just creative people that make art. Like, <laughs> we need those people. I think the war of the the war that you're talking about that comes in with hipsters sometimes is when pretension precedes exploration. Yeah. When yeah, yeah. when criticism like before even right. looking the, into whatever again, it is. That's like that's a group mentality. Yeah. That's not. 
Yeah, no, I know, I know not all hipsters are like that. Yeah, none are like that. I've met a few. I'll go one further and say none are like that. Yeah, but you start, you start talking about fucking SpongeBob or religion or just some. You hit on some subject. You'll have a very human interaction with them. You start, start talking about Columbine or something like the Holocaust. I don't know. Like, well, even even recently, that unite all of us. uh, Yeah. Even recently with something as trivial as a movie, like American Ultra came out, I fucking loved it, and I saw someone, like, there was trash talk online from people who hadn't seen it, and I'm like, fucking shut up! Like, I was so mad! Always with the Catholic Church, (laughs) it blows my mind. Like, when I, I remember, I used to be really Catholic, and then going to public high school changed that, because I went to a Catholic junior high, and I just didn't have as many options, Mm -hmm. And uh, Kevin Smith helped to fucking just destroy that. But Dogma was a huge, and I I was yeah. outraged about Dogma like when it came out because I was super religious at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you were like, you can't talk like, about this I stuff. I think I was I think I was a freshman um, when it came out. Yeah. And yeah, they had the Buddy Christ. That was the image yep. that was like so offensive. Yeah. And it was like it's so innocuous, you know. Like it's so it's like uh, it's like gen- how is that offensive? It's gentle. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, but it's offensive because there is you know it's sacrilegious and whatever, yeah. and like all these things like they're cussing and being so crude in yeah. a movie about religion and stuff. Um, and uh, but it's such a sh- and that's the problem I have with like the hipster millennial. Uh, it's a very white attitude yeah and i say white again referring to generalizing yeah because i'm white myself and mm-hmm. i'm looking at you who's <laughs> even whiter yeah uh, uh, you're like there's you're translucent uh, you're like pink you're not even i mean like, jim gaffigan beat me to it i was gonna right, name my first uh, comedy album beyond the pale yeah. but <laughs> yeah be, be careful out there it's very sunny today like i'm, I'm do you have? Uh, you, do you have the proper do protection? You a, do you have a doctor's appointment later? <laughs> do you have yeah, emergency you contact on your cell phone? Get something removed or whatever. <laughs> uh, um, so fucking. But when you start to talk about these people, what is this? Four hours or what? Three. Fuck, man, working on it. Yeah. So fucking. <laughs> but when you start to talk about these groups, and. I go back to punk rock because everybody hated yeah. being called punk, like all the band. <laughs> like, the, the fucking punk. Like, it's such a stupid... It's something the media... Made I up. mean, it, it, it comes from a magazine, punk magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little punk lesson. But it's, it's uh, Legs McNeil, and I forget the other guy's name, uh, they made this magazine, and they're like, what do we call it? And they wanted, uh, the other dude wanted to call it Teenage News, which is like... Um, it was a unreleased New York Dolls song, okay. um, but he thought it was that was a dumb name. But he didn't know, he didn't understand the reference. Yeah. So he's like, "Wait, what's wrong with you? It's the stupidest thing ever." <laughs> and then, uh, and then they just said, "Well, why don't we call it punk?" And I think uh, what like Thurston Moore said that um, Lenny K's Nuggets, which is like garage mm-hmm. hits of the '60s, okay. it's like psychedelic, whatever. Yeah, and it's those are great albums. It's like a four. I, I don't know, it's like eight records, four CDs, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but those are all, I mean, like, 
songs like like Wild Thing, the Trogs, Wild Thing, yeah. and like Louie Louie, the Kingsman. Those songs are in there. Those like one hit wonders, yeah. quote unquote. Mm-hmm. They were actually great rock bands. Those sixties garage bands. Anyways, like he he used in the liner notes. He started calling it punk, mm-hmm. and that word kind of floated around. But then that magazine, and I think Lou Reed was on the first issue of it, or no, the first. And, well, and then there was uh, Sniffing Glue was the British version, and I think they had like they had like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer on the first issue or something. Like they didn't know, it, like it came from a different place. Yeah. Um, anyways, so fucking, but they all rejected that title, and musicians in general have rejected whatever people try to label their music. Yeah. Um, and the only thing again is like you walk in a record store, you need to know what you're looking for. Yeah, that's it's, the only yeah. value. It's in. because like when I had this issue when people would ask me what kind of music I play and be like, I don't know, acoustic. It's like I sing yeah. and <laughs> I rather I'd rather ask you what bands do you like. You know? yeah, yeah, and yeah. What bands do you think have influenced you? you yep, know, like, that's a better question because then well, you can be because like, because what people listen to in music, what people connect to, comedians, actors. Uh, Anyone. movies, yeah. anything, any piece of art, you connect with the per- personality of the artist or mm-hmm. the personality they're mm-hmm. projecting on the piece. Yeah. You, it's a very human connection. Yeah. You can't say, oh, I'm sure, like, yeah, and you, there is a physicality to it where you, like, you just certain sounds turn you on or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, you want to say. But, you know, like, I, I like guitar-based rock music. Yeah. You know, that's my fucking wheelhouse. <laughs> but you know, like, is 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 Johnny Cash the same as the Sex Pistols? The same as fucking Beck? The same <laughs> as I don't know. I'm just throwing out Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when people, I don't really like them. When uh, uh, I don't much. either. Uh, I but mean, I like those early <laughs> albums are pretty cool. Um, when people but, say like back to the uh, review criticizing without having Joy seen Division. the thing. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Either criticizing yeah, yeah. without having seen the thing, or even having seen the thing, but your review of it is like, it was garbage, or like it was stupid, or this like be back made. it up. Why? Like what about? Oh yeah, yeah, that's like, so much. Yeah, and I've <laughs> learned that I've learned that from doing readings of like. Don't just say thumbs down. Right, like, right, right, right. Tell me what. <laughs> tell me but why. That's the thing. It's it's the same thing I'm saying about buying records, like mm-hmm. going in a record shop and knowing what records to look for. Right, yeah. yeah. You, you've got some <laughs> record shopping, clearly. I just pointed at my records. Um, yeah. He's got some records, guys. <laughs> if any ladies are listening to it, he's got, like, some vinyl, okay? He's, he's fucking packing over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any fucking... Any, any groupies interested... Uh, how, how sexist was I during the course of this podcast? No, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Any male groupies too yeah. will open it up. I don't know how open-minded Doug is or what he's into, but just the ladies for me. But it's fine. You know, but you know, you probably you probably have a good conversation. I don't know. Yeah, Dudes. yeah. I have a good conversation. I just try about to give music. equal time if I objectionalize women. If I, you know, I'll then also objectify men. men. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll take a dick for equal rights. That's. that's <laughs> Whatever it is, what it is, I won't enjoy it either. That's how I have, but I have integrity. Like I think Thoreau would take a dick. Like I think that's, like you know, he came at a time where it was he wasn't maybe able to say those kinds of things. But I'm, 
just to show he experienced it. Speaking of him and life experience. Ralph Waldo Emerson, <laughs> what was that relationship? <laughs> uh, we don't know. You don't know. But um, but yeah, the thing about it's all filtered through consumerism. Yeah, yay or nay, buy or sell. It's, like, all, it's all advertisement. Yeah. We're fucking Donald Trump. He's yeah. a talking billboard. He's a fucking, oh, he's a screaming He's a billboard. robot of some kind. I don't even but know. But yeah, because he's, he has a team, he has a marketing team, you know? And he has since he was a baby. Right. <laughs> That's the other thing that fucking people are like, he was born into wealth, obviously. And like, look at his business history. More failed businesses through that one man that, than fucking entire countries. He doesn't uh, understand uh, what money actually is. No, yeah, he doesn't <laughs> at all. He has, he has no... I'll tell you who understands what money is. Fucking, the people I see every day on the bus, riding the bus from job to job, working three jobs, not seizing, seeing their children so they could pay for them to eat. And their children are then grow up to become criminals because they're neglecting them, you know, to fucking... And I'm not saying the bad thing about it. It's the system we fucking set up. Yeah. Like, Donald Trump doesn't know. And that goes back to the same thing about the, the criticism, the, the, how I said it's a very white attitude. Yeah. It is because you fucking go on the streets. Because, let me tell you, uh, most people on the streets don't give a fuck if you say the N-word. Yeah. Because they'll beat the shit out of you if you say <laughs> it. And they're ready to do that. So if you were fucking ready to say it, you're ready to get the shit beat out of you. And that's fucking, you know, I was talking to my friend last night about this, like, the, you know, I think people just need to get the shit beat out of them. You know, like, if you, you know, like... Yeah, it calms people and I down. Know, I know that threat is there, you know, so I'm careful about what I say. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not, it's not because I'm afraid to be punished. And sometimes if I really believe in something, that's the other thing is, like, to use a word like that, you better have a point behind it. Yeah, you better you not know. just be saying it willy-nilly. Right, right, right. Fucking calm and down. And I believe in, I like, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I hate censorship and I believe in freedom of speech, but, yeah. like, um, there is some, uh, when I was younger, I was like, fuck that, say whatever you want, whatever, you yeah. know. Uh, what I eventually realized is I'm just making my my job exceedingly difficult. <laughs> uh, and part of my thing, I think, is to push the audience at a distance and then pull them back, yeah. and that's a... A fun relationship to have uh, is alienate people and then bring them in and yeah. push them away. And tug of war there. It's much more interesting than just say here's here's some funny jokes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like, uh, but it people who write blogs, and I'm one of them. Um, uh, at what ex? Why did I include myself in yeah. this group? People who write blogs and think pieces don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> it's like the over-educated, you know, it's like, uh, again, Louis has a great fucking bit about, it was on his, the, uh, the... Live at the Comedy Store? Oh my god. Okay. The one before that. Mm -hmm. Where he says, he goes, if, if some, if you're arguing with someone who's older than you, even if they're wrong, they're more right them being wrong is rooted in more information. They have life experience, and that makes them smarter than you. Yeah. And, like, uh, he goes, even if you just got a degree 
Especially if you got a degree. Because you've been thinking about one thing for four years. You got a master's six, eight years. You've been thinking about one thing. You're the dumbest person on the planet. Like, you know, like, it, but it's true. Like, if you come, you know, like, when I came out of closet, uh, in college, when I came out of the closet, when I came out of the college closet, I am educated. I admit it, I'm out. No, I'm, I went to a community college and I dropped out. Same, same here. Uh, yeah, so, but like, I finished a semester and then I was like, I, I did, I did. Oh, really? That's. I, I did eight semesters of school altogether, and then after the eighth semester, I was like, I'm done. Well, I'm out of here. I only went there for the improv group, <laughs> honestly. Like, uh, and that was the improv group Steve Carell mm, yeah. came to. So it was, it was a good improv group. <laughs> Fucking everyone, all the stand-ups hate improv. And then all the improvisers hate short-form improv. This was a short-form improv group, and Steve Carell showed up and did a show, so fuck you all. You don't know what the fuck uh, is going on. Anyway, god damn it. Winding down. But the, the white attitude yeah. comes from a place of, like, over-educated... And that leads to an ignorant point of view. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not afraid to say this. Uh, I got in a fight with Cameron Esposito, mm -hmm. and uh, I was interviewing her. I went to see her show, uh, Put Your Hands Together, together mm -hmm. and I was supposed to write a piece on it. But um, I think she clearly didn't read anything I'd written. And no, like I said, like I'm much more of an essayist, or whatever you call that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm more about the writing. I'm a writer. I'm not a blogger. I'm a, you know, like, yeah. I, 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 it's art to me. You want to get not, the story. I'm not a journalist. Yeah. I'm a, if anything, gonzo, you know, like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's like, people use it ironic. Like, Megan Keister's thing is kind of like poking fun at it a little bit. She <laughs> says, like, I'm a gonzo journalist. But she actually does it, too. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, you know. Whatever. Uh, it's like the, so, if a parody is really good, you are the thing you're parodying. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like Walk Hard is like that. They came together. Is like, right. anyways, uh, Spaceball, uh, the Mel Brooks movies definitely. Yeah. Like he made a western. Mm -hmm. and anyway, <laughs> so uh, I got in a fight with Esposito. I so I didn't know what to write. It's very hard to write a review on a comedy show. Because yeah. if you're enjoying it, you're laughing the whole time, and you don't remember anything. Because you were a part of the experience. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to analyze. That one was a little better because it's a podcast, so I could listen to the podcast yeah. episode that I went and watched. But, like, at the end of the day, I was like, there's nothing to write about here. It was a comedy show. It was good. She was likable. I could say that. She, I think she is heavily, like, the show. Like, she's the centerpiece of the show. And yeah. She's the guy. She hosts it and sees it. And, yeah. Uh, you know, books books it at least half, co-produces it, co-books it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so then I was like, let's do an interview, and we I sent her some questions over email. Then we got into it about the rape joke thing, uh, and I my point of view is like, uh, and this was my thing at the time, which has since been a little amended. Yeah. Uh, but was if you are an artist and you're uh, you want all the paints available yeah. to paint a picture. Mm -hmm. The more paints you have, the better the, the picture. picture you can paint. Yeah. Um, so you're saying don't use these colors. You know, they don't 
don't do rape jokes. Don't say the N word. Don't say the C word. Don't yeah. say the F A G G E T. Yeah. How do you spell it? O T. O T. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> don't say these words, which offends me, as as someone who thinks er words are all I have. Power to explore and ideas yeah, yeah. And to, I I use words and music and art. It's like air, which I could paint you a metaphor there, but in the interest of this ending sometime. And whatever. So we got into it. She, uh, she's very smart and well-educated. And, yeah. You know, she makes good points, and so it's hard to argue. And what am I arguing? Um, like, my argument is, like, we should be allowed to say these words for no other reason than we should be allowed. You know, like, that's yeah. the Constitution. I don't know. That's my argument. Freedom of speech. Uh, no censorship. That's fascism. You're instituting fascism. And her argument is, you're hurting people. Like, so she has a better argument, uh, admittedly. Yeah. Anyways, we started. It got a little heated. And then um, I asked her, why do you do comedy? Because that's has come in from myself. Why I do comedy is explore ideas and whatever. Yeah. And then she said, uh, she got offended by that question, and she said, would you ask a man this question? And I was like, yeah, it's anyone. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does that have? Like, she she has this complex of, like, and, like, that's not necessarily her fault that yeah. she has, like, the whole world says lesbian woman, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, I mean, that she's used that to her advantage. That's her... That's she is the quintessential female lesbian gay comedian, yeah, you yeah. know, and and she's done very she's been very successful. She's at awesome, that. yeah. Yeah, and her blogs and all that shit filter into that. And she's and you know and I'm I'm a mess where I have no point of view and it, <laughs> and it's hard for people you know I'm a hard pill to swallow or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, so. So she said, "I got to push back here. This is infantil in infantilizing, uh, infantilizing, infantilizing." I had to literally look up that word, and I'm revealing too much of myself. <laughs> I'm self-educated, so I looked up the word to see if it was like a real word or if she was making up words, and it was a real word. She said she's well-educated <laughs> anyway, uh, and I, you know, and I had nothing against her. Um, I'm not like. I think she's very likable and like she knows what she's doing and you know I'm not a huge fan of hers like I'll admit that but um, she she definitely she does a thing that's uh, important to the world and she has an urgent voice and in that like she's I mean yeah she I think she earns the term artist over you know just another yeah. comic mm -hmm. um, she what she does is very specific and important anyway uh, so we get into it. And, but yeah, and it was such a, it was such an ugly thing, you know, and really, I think if we were in person having a conversation, we would be able to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And so like. Because sometimes, um, something could be misconstrued as simply right. as like that tone on that word in that sentence, that's how I'm reading it. And like, that's is this is how they actually sent it. Or right, something. right, right. You and I, and I, I was, I was very clever about uh, stepping away from that and saying, you know, I, I thought it was getting heated, so I tried to change gears, mm -hmm. and which was true, um, at least half true. Um, and uh, and then she, she said, okay, that makes sense. 
and then she, I was like, so why do you do comedy? And then she said, this is the funny thing about it. She said, money. <laughs> and she was joking, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, you know, that's the answer she gave. <laughs> and I never published it just because I didn't feel good about it. Yeah. Like, it was like an ugly argument we had. Like, it was just... Yeah. And um, so I ended up never publishing it. And then when she was on, on uh, Ferguson, she sent me an email and said, like, you could share, put the clip on HuffPost, which I've never done for anyone. Mm. Even the Walsh brothers, who, like, I love and respect, and they, I wanted to, but it's just not what I do, you know? Mm. Like, I, again, I'm not about the writing. Yeah. And the Huffington Post comedy section is, a, you know, it's all videos and bullshit. Yeah. And, like, there's enough of that on the internet. Why mm-hmm. Huffington Post? Which brings me back to uh, the thing about I was trying to think of a blog that has not compromised its integrity. Hmm. And the only one I could come up with. Like, and, and like a journalist. <laughs> no, like a journalist. Like a journalistic. Yeah. Like a new. And the only one I could come up with was The Onion. I was just about to say The Onion. The Onion. It's the only one. Even like Washington Post, Huffington Post. Because The Onion's all... They've all... It's all parody, right? Just all like... Right. And they've always done the... They've always... They've stuck to their guns, man. <laughs> and that's, that's how I came up with the fucking comedy is the only thing that is really... And like... And when I was homeless, all I knew to do was to go on stage and talk about it. And that's the only way I was able to deal with it. I turned it into bits. Like, I I would make Facebook posts saying I'm on a downward spiral. I did a podcast drunk. Like, I was I was <laughs> playing up that I'm an alcoholic because I'm losing my home or whatever. And, like, and I would, was I an alcoholic? I would drink heavily. I don't think I was an alcoholic mm-hmm. because once things got better, I stopped drinking. And it was, yeah. You know, it was just a rough patch. Yeah. Um, uh, and I had some of the best sets of my life in that time <laughs> that will never be replicated because it's like when Tignataro did that thing, not to compare me with her, it's no, totally, but, it's, I mean, I'm not yeah, realizing what with she live. went through, but yeah, like, live. like I, I, I related to that in some way, and these moments where my, this huge tragedy happens, and there's things I want to talk about, like my living situation now, yeah. that I, it's so complex, I haven't figured out an easy way to talk about it and explain it to people yeah. and have them relate to it. The, um, the what you what you painted the picture you painted earlier gives me a a semi accurate maybe of what it what it like is. Like season 2 of True Detective really has helped people <laughs> get a night cuz they filmed it in that area <laughs> and it's based on Vernon and I live right on the border of Vernon. Yeah. Uh, I mean I'm basically You mean Vinci? Right. The fictional <laughs> I live in the fictional city. I really live in a fantasy <laughs> Uh, but the fantasy land where the cops are corrupt and people are getting murdered and, and uh, Vince Vaughn says uh, weird shit. Weird backwards rhetoric talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes your life can be a circus tent. There's animals, there's a ringmaster, there's peanuts. <laughs> but sometimes all your life is is those peanuts in the tent. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, we're all working for and we are the penis. We're working for ourselves. There are no bosses. We can go on forever. There isn't. You have a boss? Who's the boss? Tony Danza. Tony Danza? Tiny Dancer. Mona. It's just like, uh, I love the Batman, the old Batmans, where he'd figure it out. 
because Batman's a detective, you know, in the real yeah. comics, and it, so he'd be trying to solve the cases. I mean, he's always a detective. But, <laughs> like he's yeah. more pushing the detective thing in those. In the sixties, yeah. Sixties Batman, and he would be like, uh, he'd be like, purple smoke. And it's like obviously that's the Joker. <laughs> like you know, purple smoke is the Joker. Yeah. Like, purple smoke. Purple flowers. Flowers. Flower. It's just like loosely a string of stream of consciousness, like word that association. Leads him to and oh, it's the goes, Joker. Aha! And he, goes, he he he, the Joker. It, it's the bakery. Let's go to the bakery. And then of course the Joker's at the bakery poisoning cupcakes or whatever. The fuck. And, and like, and he has he has he's like he's like wearing a, a fucking chef hat and no one noticed it's yeah. the fucking Joker. Yep. And uh, yeah, and so like, but I love that that idea. It's like the stream of consciousness where, yeah. like, they try to play that off as, like, clever. <laughs> South Park did it. Yeah, uh, with... Jeff Goldblum yeah. character. And the Wait alien. a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it the half man, half bear, half pig? Was that that episode? No, no. It was it was the one where Earth is a reality show in the end. It's like a two <laughs> or three part episode. I think it, it goes back to the rectal... What is it? The anal... When they put a satellite in a... Oh, the anal probe? It's a really early episode, but yeah. then they, there's a later episode where, where it calls back he to still it. has the probe, <laughs> and the aliens are using it. They pro, the, All the anal probes all over Earth are satellites <laughs> to broadcast the TV show. So Earth is a bad reality show. And then they, they go I to the planet, all the that. aliens are like these Jewish producers, they're like doing coke and everything. <laughs> but there's this Jeff Goldblum character, like Jurassic Park Independence Day, Jeff yeah. Goldblum. And he does that thing. Uh, chocolate chips. I don't know why. It's always food. Yeah. Well, dude, I feel like this has been a good episode. <laughs> yeah. Do you wanna? Do you wanna? Jesus. Do you have stuff to plug? You, uh, you said your Twitter. Rose battle tomorrow. That's, Tony does that's comedy. Too late. Um, October. We're doing set list at my hat show at the end of the month of October. The, okay. It'll be the thirtieth, the day before Halloween. And that's at... Uh, no. It's in no? Pasadena. Oh, okay. Born Brothers Hat Shop. 49 West Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena. There you go. And uh, there's free whiskey, free beer, um, free show. Uh, I'm trying to think who we have on that show. <laughs> well, look, look it up. It's set list, though, so it's improvised stand-up. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, For those of you who haven't seen or heard of set list... It's amazing. Uh, the comic goes up on stage. They put a topic behind them. It's just a, like a loose premise. And then it's usually something <laughs> pretty ridiculous. And then they have to be like, oh, this is my material. They just have to act like it's their It'll material. It'll be like <laughs> Holocaust Mart or something. Holocaust Mart. What I saw Jake Johansson do was Arsenio Holocaust. Arsenio Holocaust. That's, that's great. Yeah, like... He went. He went a completely different place with it where, than where I right, was thinking. Right, right, right. And that's, that's another thing. Yeah, too, that's another fun part of the game. That's that's why it's the best open mic because you watch all the sets because you're interested in where they take it. <laughs> Even if they're a bad comic at an open mic, yeah. you're still interested in how their brain works. It's yeah. like you get a glimpse. Oh, and yeah. Troy, Troy's so much about that. Like he's very interested in psychology. Mm-hmm. He always he always comes up with hypothetical questions. Yeah. That lead to great conversations. Yeah. When Bill Cosby was 
when that was happening, that that was all over set list too. Right, right. It's a, they always go like the defaults are like the Holocaust, like. Uh, and, and then, then whatever's happening currently AIDS, in like like the hot button yeah. stuff and rape and like yeah and then yeah anything that comes up it'll be all over that yeah. like uh, Ferguson was for a little yep. bit yeah uh, yeah you know nine eleven stuff yeah. It's just, it forces you to go along with, like, the worst topics. Yeah. Like, the most... And also, it also shows... I got a Donald Trump one the other day, and <laughs> it's actually led to some great... Because I've been wanting to talk about him, but I don't want to participate in it. Yeah. Kind of open the floodgates on that. <laughs> Shout out Jason Flood. <laughs> Jason Flood, he opened those gates. Yeah. He opened the Jason Flood gates. Lock the gates! Is that the intro to your... Do you just use Marion's? <laughs> Actually, never knew you were a musician. Oh yeah, guitar and piano, and I sing. I but I heard the intro and I was like, That's "Oh, him. I did, yeah." Him playing that. <laughs> yeah. And when you, I when I thought of that, I was I was like, "It's succinct enough. It's got a bunch of instruments. Like it'll be fine." <laughs> yeah, and I want to re-record it like in a studio, but it's cool oh, to no, 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 it's no. cool to just have it no, as no, like no, the. No, 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 no. <laughs> Adding, adding wait, wait, wait! You didn't, you didn't let me finish. Oh, okay. Studio apartment. Oh, okay. Right. Stripped down. There's no furniture. Yeah, well, I want to make it more punk rock. I want to be an there's, abandoned. Yeah. I want to squat in a studio. In an abandoned mine. <laughs> Have you in New York? And then when people say, "Where's that reverb? Reverb from?" I go, "It's all mine. It's all yeah. mine. It's all mine." Yep. It's, it's <laughs> what are we digging for in life? Reverb. We're digging for reverb. We want to hear ourselves. Yeah. We want to hear ourselves. That's what art is. You hold a mirror to nature. So if you only record in a mind, then you get the truest reverb. Do you hear what I'm saying? Get inside your own mind, your mind mind. Yours, mine, and ours. And start screaming in your skull to try and reverberate your own voice. It's a major point. It's not minor. Can I leave? Guy, I'll shut myself out. I gotta go. I gotta get out. Um, we've been here for three weeks. Yeah, it's good. Three hours and forty minutes. That's nice. This is up there. That's. We we just made we get Pete Holmes a run for his money. Well, one uh one episode was four and a half hours. Who's that? <laughs> Who was it? It was, uh, Jacob Kuban. Who's that? He's. Um, he uh, he's from Michigan and he moved out here. Uh, I think a little over a year ago or something. He's got like shoulder length, like curly hair. He's pretty tall. He's got this bit where he has the whole entire set pre-recorded. So then oh, he's yeah. he's I like love that already. <laughs> just love it. So he's just doing lip syncing to what he already knows. To look him up. Yeah, to what he already knows is in his set. And then he's talking about how he has IBS and, like, it's really difficult. Sometimes you don't even know, and then he, like, drops the microphone and, like, runs out. <laughs> but great. then the recording is still going. <laughs> yeah, that's really... And then he comes back a couple minutes later, and then he's, like, keeps going as if nothing happened. Uh, yeah. I love that shit. John Doerr does a... a, a he does this bit where he forgets his act, and he's like, you know how I always record my act, so he pulls out his tape recorder, and he's like, he rewinds, 
He goes, this has some old sets on here. And then he plays it, and uh, and it gets to, like, he, it's the same setup and everything. And yeah. then it goes, and he goes, you know what? Fuck, I forgot. You know what? I always record my ass. So on the tape recorder, he's pulling out a tape recorder. It keeps going a couple more levels. And it, it's, it's so great. Just deconstructing the fucking... That's awesome. All right. Well, this has been You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp and... Tony Bartoloni. Yeah.